Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Hello. Hi, this is your uh, friendly uh, neighborhood uh, postal carrier. Let me just rifle through here for a second. Ref- Hold on one second. I'm just looking for uh, the letters that are for you here in my mailbag podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Welcome. Did you to- like that I said podcast? I loved it. Good. Uh, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David, and we have a very, very special episode for you today. Yes. You know... Your miniseries. You know your palate cleansers. That's true. You know your one-offs. Your Ben's choices. Yes. Our, our DC extended universe check-ins. <laughs> true. Yes. We kind of started doing those by mistake. Yeah. You know our, hey, sometimes Griffin and David saw a movie and decided they wanted to do an emergency episode. <laughs> Jack Reacher, my friend. We almost did it with Sandy Wexler, but we realized it would come out too late. Yeah, we realized Wex, the Wex love would have dissipated. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think Sandy Wexler's still going strong. Our next miniseries June. is Sandy Wexler, by the way. We're going to do one episode in each of his clients. Yes. <laughs> one of whom is Je- Adam Sandler's wife. Jackie he Tatone? Cast, he cast his wife as a failing actress. I know. Uh, it's his, a sweet performance. I thought she was pretty winning She's in great. it. She's great. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, a waitress who um, Adam Sandler uses uh, the uh, kid to hit on in Big Daddy. Yes. That's how they met. And then he didn't put her in any of his movies right. again. Even though he puts all his dumb shit friends in all his movies. Uh, until Sandy Wexler, except for, do you know the one exception? No. She is the voice of the lead female character in Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, weird. But doesn't do the singing. Uh. Anyway. There you uh, go. So we're done. Fun trivia for you. This is a bonus episode in which we just talk <laughs> Jackie About- Tatone. So we haven't recorded an episode in four months. Yes. Uh, you guys have been listening to our episodes, but we were banking them. Right. We planned ahead. We were very smart, responsible boys. Yes, except for the fact that we did not totally bank every episode we needed to bank. We did have like three episodes that we still needed to do. Little gap. Yeah, little gap. Little so gap to account for. Griffin is in the middle of making the tick. I'm right about at the midway point right now. Maybe Good. 60% in. Sure. Uh, it's going great. I don't know why anyone ever makes a TV show. Uh, Here's what I'll say. The show's going great. I think people are going to love it. Right. I'm so proud of it. Uh, no more TV. Everyone get rid of TV. Too hard. It's the hardest thing. I, look, I would much. It'd be great. Five shows a year. No, yeah. You know what? You know what? Twelve. One a month is fine. Yeah. I'd watch one TV show a month. That's fine. I Just agree. do that. We're, yeah, we're, do, we're doing 12, which I think I was like, what a good manageable number. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, too many. Let's do two episodes. What ep are you in right now? Right now, at the time of recording, which is May seventh, May seventh, so this is a month behind of when you'll be listening to it, but not as bad as the, uh, you know, what some we, of the other shit yeah, we've done. You've been where getting we're episodes from about like the phonograph, and right, stuff. from the Bush administration, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the phonograph, merchandise spotlight. There's no phonograph, is great. Merchandise spotlight, the automobile. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys know that Dave and I are immortals, right? <laughs> um, uh, we're um, in the middle of episode seven right now. Okay, you're making episode seven right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's getting it's getting. Who's real directing crazy. that fucker? Uh, a guy named Tor Frudenthal. Freudenthal. I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name. Uh, he directed 
the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, which I fucking love. Uh, yeah, it's, it's spelt like Thor. It is spelt like Thor, and I made that mistake. I called him Thor, and he gave me a kind of side eye, and I was like, oh, it's Thor. He also um, directed Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters. He did, and Hotel for Dogs. I Hotel, love for, Hotel dogs. for Dogs! That's one of Ben's favorite movies! Yep. It made me cry. Yeah. Because they really, they really opened that hotel. I think he's they a very do. good director. Because, like, uh, my little sister, uh, Romley, who I invoke a lot. He's also worked on a lot of the DC shows. He is now, for the last couple of years, he's in the DC CW universe. All of, all of the, the DC shows. Yeah, Arrowflash, Supergirl, Legends. Yeah, I think he's a lovely guy. And uh, I his movies, I, I took Romley to see them when they came out because she was, like, she in was the right into age the range. Diary. And I remember always being like, this guy's a fucking. Like, I was like, this one was well directed. And I look at the end credits and I'd see that name. Mm-hmm. For Prudenthal. Sure. Oh, Mispronouncing it in both directions. Mm-hmm. But when I met him, I was like, hey, I'm a big fan of your work. And he was like, come on. Like, he thought I was just like saying that like everyone says that. Yeah. And I was like, no, I've seen all your movies because I have a younger sister. And he went, oh, God. Aww. And I was like, no, they're good. And he was like, are you, are you razzing Aww. me? I think he's a lovely guy and a really good director. Anyway, that's episode seven. Look forward to it at some point coming out. But uh, Good show. No one should ever make TV ever again. I'm retired. All the dogs work at the hotel, too. Very true. So this is a mailbag episode. That's oh, we've right. never done anything like it before. We've had an email account. We we in early days <laughs> and a Twitter account. I believe we have two email accounts. I believe we do because we used to have Griffin David presents a Gmail. Yeah, and then ooh, we had ooh, ooh. Ooh, stepping up here, yeah. and then uh, uh, the blank check uh, email account, and we would in early days invoke it and say send us questions, and then we never ever checked it. So um, then we again said send us some questions just to freshen right. up a little bit. But I said, you know what, we're, I, you oh, know, he I was, wants to take credit. Yes, because you were against the idea originally. Yeah, I was. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank See? you for being I'm a big honest. man and admitting that. I'm honest. I said, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, mm. Shout out to, uh, of course, uh, that is a reference to Serial, the first podcast. Um, I said, it's, it's been a while, and we should just get back into it and have an episode where we can kind of catch up. You know, we haven't been commenting on present day goings on in pop culture, which we often throw into whatever episodes That's are. That's true. And we just want to get back in and be friends again. Right. We do want to do that. The other thing is we're recording this in May and it's going to post in mid-June. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. We're going to be more current than we have been. Right. Instead of talking about, like, James Mattis's, you know, Secretary of Defense confirmation hearings, we Great can talk ball. about like you Seven know history points. Yeah, the AHCA or whatever's yeah. happening in May. Oh yeah, huge shit. Um, so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna get back in the swing of things. I think it's gonna be a real fun app, baby. And then at the end of this episode, we're gonna tell you about our plans for uh, going forward. Uh, that's right, which we've been series. very mysterious about, and that's fine. And nobody yeah. has had any problems or ever suggested any future miniseries for us to do. No, a hundred percent. And that mystery that we've been throwing out there has been part of a very carefully orchestrated master plan, and not us uh, second guessing ourselves <laughs> seven ways to Sunday and, and telling like. 400 people, oh, we're probably going to do this. And then yeah. being like, eh, I don't think we're going to do that. Maybe even like kind of booking guests <laughs> to specific episodes for a miniseries we thought we were going to do next until we became terrified Why by the response. Why can't we keep anything secret? I don't know. We're fucking idiots. Okay. First email in the mailbag. That resonated strangely in my headphones. All right. So we've got some tweets. We've got some emails. I think it's just going to spark some interesting conversations. I think so too. Answer some trivia the fans want to know about this podcast, which is crazy to me that anyone would want to know any Agreed. trivia about this fucking thing. But some of these are also people they want, they've been curious. Hey, I wonder what your take is on 
this, you know? Sure. Some of them are movie opinion questions, things that we might not get to in a given episode, and we're going to throw out some hot, hot takes. All right, so this is from Jeffrey Telesco. Okay, the great Jeffrey Telesco. By email. Hello, Fennel. My questions are all about bagels. Which, okay, first of all, great way to start an email. That's true. Have we introduced Ben? Who, oh, producer Ben? Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. The Just Ben producer, producer Ben? Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't do the question part. I hate that. The Haas? Yeah. Uh, Can you do them? Oh, jeez. Uh, it's been uh, a while. Birthday the, Benny. Yeah. Birthday Benny, the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, dirt bike Benny, the fuck master. Right. Uh, the meat lover, the fart detective. Soaking wet Benny. Soaking wet Benny. <laughs> a white, white hot, hot Benny. Benny. Um, uh, oh, God, God damn it. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the peeper. Yeah, that's a good one. Mr. Yeah. Hositive. Mr. Hositive. Mr. Positive. The tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. I said the tiebreaker. Oh, tie I know right. I said and that And then one. some certain titles. Just certain titles over the course of different miniseries, such as Kylo Ben, Producer Ben Kenobi. I said it right that time. You did. Uh, I was kind of amazed. Thank you. I know. You looked awestruck. Yeah. Um, ben Achamalan, Ben yeah. Fate, uh, Say Benny Thing, Ailey Benz with a dollar sign. And what's his new name? Warhaz. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Warhaz. Hey, guys. The great Ben Hosley's here with us. Today. Hello, hello. Ben's here. Uh, people across this nation, Ben, yeah. enjoying uh, their their set of limited edition collectors, uh, Ben Hosley buttons made by uh, Joe past Garden. guest great friend Joe Garden. Friend of the show. Who's been sending them out pro bono. Yeah, what a weirdo. Which is <laughs> awesome. And so you glorious weirdo. <laughs> Fucking yeah. weirdo. I mean, living up in Socrates, New York, making buttons going for our to the listeners. Post office. <laughs> Just imagine. Maybe he has a stamps.com account. No, I'll say this. Who do not sponsor this. I'll podcast. say this. I don't I know don't, about don't. present day. Joe Garden, more than anyone I've ever known, loves going to the post office. Okay. I've been to the post office a, with Joe many he's times. He's a deeply sick person. Yes, Joe. All right. You glorious Jeffrey, monster. Jeffrey Telesco. Hello, Fennel. Okay. My questions are all about bagels. It's already the best email I've ever read. Okay. Question one. <laughs> where does Griffin get the bagels he eats on Mike, and Ooh. are they any good? Okay. Okay, oh, so oh, we can plug. Boy. Yes. Yes, we can. All right, so there's plug. two places. Yes. But go ahead. The, okay, the number one place, which is about- The uh, usual. The usual. Is actually called, I believe, Best Bagels and Coffee. Correct. It is on West 36th Street? Yes. Yes. Between uh, 7th and 8th Avenues. Right. So the very name of that place should already answer your follow-up question. Are they any good? Uh, good, sir. They're the best. They're actually not, but they are pretty good. <laughs> right? Would you agree? They're pretty good. They, they used sort to of, be this tiny place, and they expanded, yeah, and I think it got a little now. better when they yeah. expanded. They got more room now. Uh, go there. There's another place. Jesus Christ, what's it called? Uh, it's it's called the Bagel Cafe or something that mm. I go to sometimes as a backup uh-huh. on 32nd, but that was famously the pa- place where I tweeted the picture of the everything bagel they gave me, and there mm. were six seeds on it. it was bad and bagel. I said, excuse me, sir, I asked for an everything, and he pointed to the six seeds <laughs> and said, One, what about two, this? And I went, come on. That's not good. Uh, on Sundays, like today, uh, Best Bagel and Coffee is closed. For the Sabbath. So I go to Murray's, on, which is a very famous bagel place, Excellent on 8th Avenue place. between 22nd and 23rd Streets. Yes. Then I city bike for my sins. The 10 blocks up to the studio. Right. Now, here's the thing with Murray's. Murray's refuses to toast. No. They used to. What? Now they toast. What? Your bagel was toasted. Okay, see, this is why we need to do this episode, because we need to check in. <laughs> All right, so that's that answer. Okay. Number two, this is we basically answered this. Yeah. What kind of bagel are they usually, are they toasted with cream cheese? Griffin always gets the same thing as does Ben. Everything bagel, scone, and cream cheese. Toast. Oh, yeah. Sometimes if I'm feeling uh, exorbitant and frisky... Mm. Uh, frisky and I'm at a place that has this as an option, I will sometimes go bacon scallion. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll say this about Best Bagels. They have Taylor ham, which is a Jersey sort of oh. weird spam like Benny. You and your dirty Pork Jersey product. ham. It sounds pretty good. But it's the best. It's so good. Um, I always get uh, poppy not toasted with lox and cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I spend 
I spend you on spend. those bagels. Yes. Whew, boy, do they cost a lot in Manhattan. All right. Uh, do David and Ben like bagels? All right. We already answered that. Get the that. fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. Come on. For will Griffin ever share my Bagel Chronicle on the podcast? I think it's juicy gossip that your listeners will want to hear. No, never. Burger reports only. <laughs> oh, I have a burger report. I know. What? We'll get to that later. Jeff. Uh, Jesus, I almost forgot. Jeff, okay. I, I forgot that you sent me that. I, I will sneak it on David at some point, especially never. now that he told me that's not going to happen. I promise you it will happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've told Jeff multiple times. No way. It will happen. All right. Here's another email question. Great. From Neil Poon Handler, Reddit. At gmail.com. The great Neil Poonhandler. Reddit. I don't know if that's actually his, his full email, but his name I copy pasted as Neil Poonhandler Reddit sure. is one word. Okay, he's the Poonhandler. All right, this is an important question, and it's topical, like you said. My uh, question. Hey, look, better a Poonhandler than a pussy grabber, like our not gonna, not gonna, commander and. Not going to really endorse either. Anyway. Our commander and chump? I, I don't know. Yeah, all right. Um, Donald Trump's bad. Uh, my bad question person. for bad the mailbag episode: Mailbag episode. Sure. What did you guys think of Fate of the Furious? Oh, now I think we were actually on the same page, but I'm not totally David. sure because yeah. we've only sort of we talked about it on my birthday for a couple minutes. Uh-huh. Talked about our dismay at this news that they're going to try maybe a Rock Statham spinoff, which to me just feels like you're diluting the brand. You know, you're kind of playing into the feud. Yes. Between The Rock and Vin Diesel and like the sort of, you know, all the rumors we hear of Vin Diesel's kind of an asshole to work with. No comment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, I, I didn't, we didn't like that. But what did you think of Fate of the Furious? Then I, I reviewed it for The Atlantic. Well, I'll say, and you're going to be upset about this. Okay. I'm going to do a follow-up. <sighs> Go ahead. What, what? Episode with John Gaber, so I was on his High and Mighty podcast. Oh, sure. We did that, an episode on the not... Fast and the Furious franchise, which a lot of the Blankies listened to and liked a lot. Yeah, I didn't listen to it because uh, fuck that. <laughs> You've been on other podcasts. You were in Fighting in the War Room. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was on Little Gold Men recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're going to do a follow-up about fate. Uh, yes. Oh, so you're saying you don't want to talk about I it? I don't want to talk about it too in-depth because we're going to probably do a half hour where I really dig in. I'll give you my generalized thoughts. I will also say uh, we're going to do that episode when Gabrus is in New York, and when that happens, also Gabrus is going to be on Blank Check. we got to get Gabrus on Blank He's Check. He's 100% man. down. He's going to do it. Intern Gino. Yeah. My favorite character in the history of Comedy Bang Bang. I love Intern Gino, but no, that's crazy. He's mine. He might be top ten. Gino is so in my comedy. But strike holy zone. shit, is Chief good? I know you've been talking Chief lately. Oh I know you've been smoking god. that Chief. Oh my god, Gumshoe! He's the best. I love him. I love that so Intern much. Gino. Anyway, guys, want some water? Chief is actually a female character, I believe, played by Carl Tart, the great Carl Tart. Yes. Okay. Um, here, general here, thoughts. My general thoughts. Uh, doesn't break the franchise. No, I'm agreed. always worried about one that will just completely irreparably damage but I do or lower the standard of quality. a little tension on the franchise for I the agree. first time. I'm seeing some wear and tear. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little scared about the franchise going forward. Yep. You know, if I were an executive watching Fate, I would say, hey, let's find a new script to star Statham and Dwayne Johnson because they're sure. good together. Right. Rather than spend them off because I think the strength of this franchise is the ensemble cast. I think Agreed. the second you start removing cast members, and as much as I like it as a um, no, that's an I, abstract story idea, removing Dom from the rest of the group damages the movie a little bit. It unbalances a little bit. I agree, and I just think if they did it because Vin Diesel's tough to work with or something, fine, but... No you, comment. You did it. You played that card. You can't do it again. Agreed. You know, that's it. Agreed. Um, I, I think, you know, Mr. Little Nobody's not gonna work we need some new strong cast members in there they need to get some new good Scotty people Eastwood for the family is not gonna work not gonna in work. any movie ever <laughs> is this am i wrong what about have, the adventures of young clint eastwood fine 
uh, he's handsome, I suppose. He's in got a good a face. Boring way, but uh, probably a decent mean, dick. Look, mm, who knows? Decent. I didn't say great. Decent. Okay. Um, they needed. I, they used him as a honky. Yes. I tried to get that word in my review. I ran it by my editor, and she was like, "Yeah, no, I think we could do it." And then she read it, and she was like, "No." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he is the the movie's honky, right? They are making fun of him. There, everyone's like, "Get a load of this jerk." Yeah. But they can only, they, and you know, he's gonna come back in nine, and they'll be like, "Familia, Scott Eastwood." Right. No, don't. Get They're me. trying to like don't backdoor pilot him into being the new Brian, which is there's only Fuck. one Brian. Fuck that. And also, we already got Roman as the like the fucking. We don't need it. Roman's the one you pick on. Roman's the one you make fun of. Agreed. Here's here. So you yeah okay. So you're gonna talk about more. I want to just briefly say the Justice for Han thing. I agree with 100. percent That's my biggest problem with the movie. Han. You can do it. Yep. As I said, say he had a rage virus or something. I don't care what it is. Say the government brainwashed him into killing Han. I don't fucking care. What just tries- give me an, an explosively stupid reason that he killed Han and can be friends with these guys. What drives me crazy, yes, is that it's literally the difference of like one scene of dialogue yeah. that would have allowed them to do everything they already do in the movie and would have made the movie better. It doesn't need to be plausible. It doesn't need to. And Michelle Rodriguez said in some interview that she brought it up with them and they said it doesn't matter. We want Statham on the team. Which is fine. But I those get things it. are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. That's what drives me crazy. Exactly. And they never have been before. This movie these movies have always been good about yeah. the ridiculous uh, you know, uh, internal universe and right. keeping it sort of making it make some weird sense. Also, Furios is your villain, and you don't let her get behind. I mean, the wheel of a car. Charlie's is wasted. One assumes she's going to do more in nine, or at least be in nine. Don't know. Right. Maybe she'll join the team too. For all we fucking know, even though she yeah. killed. Uh, uh, Jesus, Elena. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, a spoiler alert. Also, spoilers. <laughs> I'm going to be in nine. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, Fate you. was just the first time I watched it and I was like, hmm, maybe it's time to stop making these movies. Had fun like, while maybe, watching it, but it maybe was... Maybe 9 or 10 should be where we're starting to wrap things up, guys, and rather than just like, make more of these! I think it was our, our dear friend Emily Yoshida, mother of blankies, who in her review <sighs> said... The best person. It's kind of... You realize with the absence of Paul Walker, who was never the best actor in the franchise, no. arguably the worst actor in the franchise objectively, mm. but he had some sort of magic power he and did. the history of that character and whatever it was. He was saying, like, Brian and Mia were the blandest characters on paper but kind of were essential parts of the sandwich. Mm-hmm. And and the thing's not really holding together without them. I think the absence Green. of both of them is He's kind a glue of, guy. Yes. And yeah, you're and right. And her too. I and think both too. of them really grounded Dom especially. I don't know about her, but him for sure, glue guy. Um... Uh, I also disagree with the idea that FF9 should be bigger. I think it should be smaller. I agree. I think it should be a really tight, balls-to-the-wall, like, heist thriller, escape thriller, kidnap thriller, something, cars, just the characters, doing crazy stunts, that's it. Like, don't go to space, don't go to Azerbaijan, don't go to the moon, I don't know, don't go to Antarctica again, like, whatever. Just just do do a little movie. Yeah. uh, This uh, thing made $200 million so far. It's not as good as Seven. No. Seven, yeah. they're never going to have a movie gross as much as Seven right. again. That well, was no, this one bottom. actually might be seven. Worldwide, 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 sorry. Yes, domestically, the franchise is going to peak at Seven. Yeah. Um, we were talking about uh, a Nice Space Friends Part 2 right before yeah, we recorded g- God, this. Yeah, God, <laughs> I call Guardians of the Galaxy Nice Space Friends. Yeah. Um, I think James Gunn is really, really smart and avoided all the sequel pitfalls. He did, I agree. By, uh, instead of trying to go bigger, mm-hmm. going smaller and deeper, yep. and even though it is and a very just big being scale like, movie. people like these characters, so we'll just have the characters. Story-wise, he just burrowed into them deeper. And that's what Furious uh, 9 should do. It can still be grand scale, Agreed. but they need to focus on burrowing into the characters. 
Agreed. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, when you rewatch one, you're like, oh, right, the reason this is impressive is it has so much to do and does yeah. it pretty breezily. Like, it has to introduce space, the concept of the universe, all yeah. these people in it. Ten characters. Yes. The Kree, the Nova Corps, like, right. you know, all this fucking warring factions, right. all that shit. And do it while also being like, hey, 70s music, and like, we're a fun movie. And a lot of plot. And a lot of plot. Nice Second Space movie, Friends Part 2. They do, do the Empire anything. Strikes Back thing. They split the team in half. And one half the team is pretty stationary for most of the movie. Yep. Like, one half the movie is only having dialogue scenes until the last maybe 25 minutes. So you have one half of the movie is the action stuff you need, and the other half is really character stuff. Yep. Okay. All right. Good movie. Nice Space Friends. I like them. Great. Here's another email from Amanda Hartle. Yandu, though. Yandu, though. Here's Amanda. Thanks for making such a great podcast. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, I appreciate uh, it. To be honest, I haven't seen the majority of the films covered, so it's great to hear the two friends talk about them. Always weird when people say that. Like when people are like, I don't really oh, like movies, but I like your podcast. I'm realizing this isn't a question, but I'm going to read it okay, anyway. Okay, sure. Never thought I'd laugh so much about The Terminal. feel like I should give a shout out to my mom, from my mom, who loves both We Bought a Zoo and your episode on it. Thank you, Amanda's mom. That's all. I appreciate it. And the answer to your question oh, is no. yes. She does have three questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question one. We can do these quick. Sneak attack, Amanda. Question one, what do you think of Sensate Season 2? I read David's review. He seems more positive than you guys were on the show. I understand why you might not do another season on the pod, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Personally, I think it's better than Season 1. I agree 100%. I assume you have not seen it. I have not. I'm working uh, 20 hours a day and yeah. sleeping four. Me, me, me. Yeah, you're I'll, working I hard. I will watch it. I, I just don't have time right now. I watched Sensate Season 2 for my job because I... Just I volunteered to review it because not a lot of people at the Atlantic had watched Sensate season one, but I had Hummelbrack, uh, and uh, I think it's a lot better actually um, because they are now all linked mm-hmm. and they can do fun stuff all the time. I'm excited to watch it. it sounds you know, like the show I want to see. Rather than like the yeah. very slow setting up of all of their storylines and them resolving all their individual storylines without much help, now they can just do all this crazy flashy stuff with them all hanging out with each other and. You know, an art museum, and then they're in yeah. a you know secret lab and shit. I still don't really know what the fuck the serialized story <laughs> is, like the whispers guy and all yeah. that. I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. But the soapy stuff, just the the dazzling energy, the whole Wachowskis, like we are all connected thing. Good orgies. Well, I mean, the Christmas special orgy is like phenomenal. I still haven't watched the Christmas special. Which is really, the Christmas special is really just the first two episodes of season two. I mean, I'll give you my advance note, not having seen it yet. I hope I love the show, but Netflix shows are too long. They should take a hint from Amazon, a great this TV is true. company. Season two is only 10 episodes rather than 12. All cool. right. Oh, no, I like that. Number two, what films, we got a lot of questions there on this theme. What films do you really want to do an episode on that doesn't fit with the theme? Like a million films. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, so I, I guess the question there is like isolated films by directors that we would never cover. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of like there are a lot of examples of uh, movies that we love. Who are by directors who maybe their, their career is not interesting enough or they didn't make enough movies or right. whatever. But I also think like, there's we're never going to do who the fuck directed Miracle Mile. <laughs> uh, Brad Silberling. No, 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 no. That's Moonlight Mile. Oh, which one's Miracle Mile? Miracle Mile is the crazy post-apocalyptic movie with Anthony Edwards that takes place like oh, at yeah. a diner yes, yes, in L.A. Yes. Steve DeJarnat. Yes. We're never going to do a Steve DeJarnat movie uh, well, series. Well, That's an interesting one. Well, like, we're never going to do a John Borman miniseries unless we do this for 100 years. Right. But, like, Excalibur would be an amazing blank check. Yeah, see, there are ones, uh, like, more... Um, my conflicts come in with like amazing blank check movies that I would want to do by directors who fully qualify as blank check directors but made like 40 films. 
you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's true. Like, of there course. are Altman yes, movies I would moments. love to do, yeah. but Altman would be like... How are we ever going to do Altman? Right. And, like, even Ridley yeah. Scott, which people it, keep it, saying we should do, it's half a year. I agree, but it's, like, insane. Yeah. Um, Robert Altman's Bruce McCloud, which is essentially I know. We've talked about it. We my talked about it like, the first time. episode of this show. Right. Um, is, like, the ultimate blank check movie and is my favorite film, and I would love to do it, and I've suggested doing it as a one-off, but I always kind of hold off because it's like, well, is there... Maybe do you do an Altman in the 70s miniseries. I mean, I think you might could see do it us one day. doing some more of those, hint, hint, like what we did with Spielberg, where we kind of find a way to yeah, put like, ellipses around a certain part of the filmography. Yeah. Because they're directors we want to cover and films we want to cover, but, like, we don't want to have to become a Ridley Scott podcast exactly. for that long. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But Bruce McCloud would be my, if you want one answer out of me, that would be my answer. Fine, I don't have just one answer. Three. And as, on oh, old dogs, obviously. Three. As, I just wanted yeah, to throw out two. I mean, I thought an example that, of someone who doesn't really fit in necessarily is like Hal Ashby. Because I love Harold and We could and totally Maude. do I Hal. think Ashby though. fits. Ashby's a great blank check choice because he made like eight or nine movies. He did make many, yeah. Well, and then there, there are six or seven that no one talks about after the 70s. Right. I don't think it's that many, but here, let me just run down Ashby for you right now. I can can I try to run down his whole career? Okay. First film is The Landlord, Correct. which is incredible. Yep. One of my ten favorite movies. Then he follows that up with Harold and Maude. Correct. Oh, my fi- one of my favorite movies okay. of all time. Okay. Then the next one after that is The Last of Tale. Correct. Then Bound for Glory. Nope. Shampoo. Yep. Which then, is a good movie. Yep. Then Bound for Glory. Which is okay. Have you seen Bound for Glory? I saw it pretty recently. Fucking long. I saw it, it pretty is. recently too. It's not bad. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. It also, so many uh, of our modern music biopics are still cribbing from Bound for Glory. It kind of set a lot of templates, but it's which I think diminishes it a little bit. Yeah. There's some really good stuff. And then? Then he makes Being There. No. No, the one in between. Fuck, fuck, fuck. What's the other Oscar one? Oscar winner. Uh, Coming Home. Oh, which I love. Mm-hmm. Then Being There. Then Being There. I just then, saw Being There for the first time and my fucking mind was blown. It's incredible. And it's then like you're right. It's a piece of art. Like, then he makes, so good. Looking it's to Get six Out. Six movies. Eight yeah. Million Ways to Die. Looking to Get Oh, no, sorry. Secondhand Hearts. Looking to Get Out. Let's Spend the Night Together. Solo Trans. What the hell is One that? One of them's a Rolling Stones That's con- a concert, concert film. documentary. That's a Neil Young concert Neil Young, film. sorry. Let's, let's Spend the Night Together. That must be a Rolling Stones. I yeah. think, yeah. Okay, so it's actually, it's Secondhand Hearts. Which is like Robert Blake and Barbara yeah. Harris or something. Makes the Slugger's Wife. Looking to get out with John Voight. And then the Slugger's Wife with um, uh, Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. And uh, Eight Million Ways to Die Bridges. with Bridges and Patty Arquette. Yeah. And then he made a couple TV movies. Anyway, all right. That's enough. We have to move on. We'd maybe just do Ashby in the 70s because the 80s ones get kind of sad. Maybe. But okay. uh, he's one of my top five favorite directors I'd love to do. Third question. Uh, big Broadway fans. Uh, as big Broadway fans, you guys have never covered a musical. Are there any movie musicals done by George Richards Blank Checks? Like, I'm sure there are. I mean, we've talked about Baz Luhrmann briefly mm-hmm. because he's an actually perfect. Yes. Uh, not only just in terms of the amount of movies he's made, but. You know, he fits our mode exactly. Um, a lot of the uh, the camera team on Tick worked on the Get Down because mm-hmm. uh, you know New York production, New York. Yeah. right? And uh, they were saying there would be days where like they were ready to shoot a scene, and then Boz Lerman would be like, "There aren't enough apples," <laughs> and they'd hold up production for three hours so that Jesus. someone could buy like sixty more apples. If that's not a blank check, I don't know what is. He's a real wacko. All right. Anyway. All right. We're moving on. Not enough apples was a literal example. Ramar Wright. Ramar Wright. A longtime fan. These are his questions Mm -hmm. from him. Did you have something more you wanted to say? I'm trying to think of blank check musicals, but I I don't go deep enough. Your brother would be a great answer. Heaven would be an incredible blank check movie to cover. Yeah. But, like, you know, whatever. There's tons that I could think of, probably. There are a lot of musicals I love. Ramar Wright. Ramar Wright. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hard name to say. 
Number one, at what bar did your now infamous trivia team compete? Videology. Videology. Videology for the people. Williamsburg, Brooklyn on Bedford. Used to be a video rental place. When that sort of was going down, they became a video rental place slash bar slash screening room. It's a great place if you're in New York City, if you're visiting, if you live here, you should go there. It's a trivia on Tuesdays, hosted by Maggie. The The great great Maggie Maggie. Ross. Maggie Ross is the best. The best. All right, number two, is Peter Serafanowicz barred from listening to the podcast as a former Sith Lord? Very good Think question. about it. He voiced a Sith Lord. He did. Darth Maul. He did. That is the one that he voiced. Now, he didn't play him exactly. No, he wasn't Ray physically. Park played him. Right. But he did voice him. He gave Was a voice. Was he a lord, though? I don't think so. I don't think a voice can be a lord. No, I, think I agree. a whole person has to I be think, a lord. I think also, we want to get Peter on the podcast 100%. Someday. <laughs> I'll say... <laughs> Two answers to this question, okay? Uh-huh. One, I think because there was a separation between body and voice, he is only half a Sith Lord, which means he can listen to half of the podcast. Whether that means he can only listen to half of the catalog or half of each episode, or only <laughs> he listen, have to listen to the podcast. One, one ear, one pod in, the <laughs> sure, other one sure, out, sure. whatever. He can choose to interpret that however he wants. He can listen to half of the podcast. The other half is forbidden. Okay. Second answer to the question, I know for a fact that Peter's only listened to one podcast in his entire life. Oh, what is it? He says he doesn't get it. Uh, podcast in general as a form. Uh, the, uh, what's it called? Pod Save America. Uh huh. Yeah. John Favreau. He does he, listen to that. He loves that. That's the one he's the only podcast he's ever listened to. I also listen to Pod listen Save to. America. Look, what can I say? I'm a disgusting, bougie Manhattanite, a Brooklynite, whatever. Good I show. Uh, I want to get Peter on the show. Yeah, and John Lovett, and you know John Favreau, yeah. and John Favreau, the director. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tommy Vitor, all these guys. All these guys. All Crooked right. media, baby. Number three, if Fast and Furious crew ever goes to space and races the Guardians of the Galaxy, who wins? I don't care. I don't know. The Guardians of the Galaxy win. They have spaceships. I, I don't mean to diss your question. Yeah. We get a lot of Fast and Furious questions. <laughs> well, you know, you do fucking talk about it incessantly. Do I? You also campaigned to be in the movie. Yeah, I'm going to be in nine, by the way. Okay. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. All right. Do you have any answer to that? Guardians wins. They have spaceships. No, Fast but, and Furious no, guys have cars. No, if, if they have cars, then they win. You never let them get behind the wheel of cars. <laughs> ah, you're right. That's the thing. <laughs> All right. They win. All right. Okay. Fred Campbell. Freddie Campbell. The great Fred Campbell. <laughs> you should do that every time. I used to do that on TCJ's after party. Do you remember that, Ben? Yes. Of course. Yes. How about that? Okay. It's great. Very TCG happy to hear that Chris Catherine Show is coming back season three TV. live on True TV. So that exciting. is very exciting. Really exciting. I think it, this is going to be the season. Agreed. Uh, shout out to Chris the great and Chris JD Amato and Murph and the so many of the people from yeah, that show who have appeared on this show. show. Great yeah. Bethany Hall, the great yes. Shannon O'Neill. All right. All well, you know, we can spend all day. Uh, all right. Fred Campbell. Yeah. I was wondering if you guys would consider doing a series on the Coen brothers. Why not? They're the best. I agree. They are the best. Yeah. The only problem with the Coen brothers is they don't really fit the blank check model traditionally because they are more like well-known in Hollywood is like they get you a movie on time, under budget. They never spend too much money, like very reliable. They get they make whatever movie they want to make because of those reasons, you know, and obviously they're critical favorites and they win Oscars and stuff. I, my counter argument very, is just very consistent. I think there's one movie of theirs that is totally a blank check. It is their overreach. It is the one where they got a huge budget. Which is? The Hudsucker Proxy. That is true. The Hudsucker Proxy is their blank check because one, it cost a ton of money. Two, it kind of flopped. And three, it like sort of changed their like approach to movie making. They make Fargo after that as a rebound. Uh, I true. fucking love Hudsucker. 
I know you do. We both love it. I and know. we both love the Coen brothers. The only other problem would be 20 movies? we fucking love every movie and there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see. I actually think I wrote it down. But Hudsucker is like, I mean, would be a dream blank check episode for me. Uh, sure. Hey, the, the, is it the Lady Killers? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's one's... not a blank check, but that is the bad one. Yeah, that one's just rough. I mean, here's, I'll, I'll throw this out as an advanced answer to all these questions that we're probably going to keep getting. We've considered most directors. That's true. Like, it's very rare someone We've throws something at them, us. Right. Yeah, but we're always talking because, baby, we want to keep this train rolling for decades. Here's the one thing, though. We're not doing Zack Snyder. No. No. Well, no. Well, no. We're not. And well, you've got to nip that in the bud, man, because they think we are. It's not kids, though. <laughs> no, that would... All right, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, here, but here's one thing I'll say definitively. Why the fuck would we do Zack Snyder before Justice League comes out? People were so convinced that we were going to do Snyder next. Yeah. Justice League is going to be the apex of something. Probably. Right? One would imagine. Why would we do it now? I'm worried that Batman versus Superman was the apex. Justice League, he's going to be trying to rein it in, and it'll be kind of more mediocre than it will be where you're just like laughing. Like, what the hell did he just try to do? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Guardians of Gahul might be his apex. Anyway. People ask, though, I mean, like, do we like any of his movies? I love Dawn of the Dead. That's the one I like. But I full stop love that movie. Dawn of the Dead's great. Yeah. We agree. Yeah. All right, Hannah Blackman, the great Hannah Blackman. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the best way to achieve blank check status? She says, you know, is it making a lot of money? Is it winning serious awards? What's the best way to do it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's making a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in the olden days, the Oscar win used to give you a bigger blank check. Like, let's think about our subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, M. Night, obviously, he gets the blank check because of the sixth sense. Right, and that's he got Oscar nominations. He did, that's true. But even if he hadn't, I sure. mean, the money the movie that made, that yeah. movie made, right? It, yeah. was, it was unheard of. Right, Matrix was money. Wachowskis, it's certainly the Matrix. Although yeah. they got, they kind of got a blank check to make the Matrix, to their credit. Yeah. But it was a smaller check. Sure. Uh, they didn't get a blank check, they just got money. There's right. a difference. Yeah. Is it right? There's a difference. Yeah. Rather than... Getting the Matrix is like the studio's like, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to give you this budget. Yeah. The Matrix Reloaded or whatever, Cloud, you know, like that's them being like, what do you guys want to do? Yes. You know, yes. like, which is sort of what we're thinking of. Cameron's a mix. Cameron was, you know, kind of Oscar fetid. I mean, he's more of an Oscar or critical acclaim type. Yeah. But he was an odd choice for us. Yeah. It's not like Cameron Crowe's ever gotten $100 million to make a movie. No. Uh, and also, he he did the thing where he he hitched his ride to stars. I mean, yeah. stars wanted to work with him, right? I mean, I think th- that's a big thing. If you can get a list stars to want to work with you, that gives you a lot of latitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, you know, as as there are all these panicked articles about the death of the movie star, there are still movie stars. If you yeah. know how to use them if, in the right genre, certain people at certain yeah. moments, you know, yeah. a lot of it's timing. There are very few blank check stars where like. This person will make $100 million in no, any movie but regardless. There's, of course, still, if I wanted to make a movie tomorrow and Brad Pitt said he wanted to be in it, yes. it would get financed. It'd get financed. Anyway. Um, there, I think money money is the best way. Money is the answer to everything. We live in a sick world. I think, I think also, though, if you get some combination of Oscar nominations and or a win and money, you're really cooking with fire. And I think the big thing that hits, uh, you know— with blank check filmmakers is if the movie has some kind of cultural impact, if it taps into For something sure. that people are trying to capture. Zeitgeist movies. Because that's this inexplicable formula where people go, just give them money because they got to something that we don't understand. You know? Yes. I don't know how to quantify it. Just give them money because they are I get it. on the way. We agree. Yeah. All right. All but right. Money, money rules the world. 
And part two of her question is, is it possible for a director to essentially place themselves in a position for a blank check? I can answer this very easily. No way. Like no. some directors think they can, yes. but that they usually aren't directors who actually get one or, you know, kind of get famous. Yeah. And a lot of the blank check breakthrough movies kind of feel like accidents in one way or another. And a lot of them also have these kind of troubled production histories. The one that gives them the breakthrough, you know, kind of comes out of nowhere to some degree or another. Matt Costanza. Yeah. The great Matt DiCostanza? Uh, he says a lot of stuff about how great our podcast is and how Dumb, it's replaced. You talking you two to me is his favorite or part of his routine. I loser. would say if there's any podcast that our podcast is sort of inadvertently modeled on, it is probably you talking you two to me. That idea of like, let's take a piece of pop sure. culture and spin it into like all kinds of conversations or whatever. Do you know, do you know I've never listened to it? Oh, you really should. I'm big into Analyzed Fish and I've never listened through to yeah. You talking you two to me is the fucking best. Yeah. But we're definitely, I mean, I, I will say, we're very indebted to the whole Earwolf Scotty aesthetic Ox. and Scotty Ox. I mean, we're both huge fans of him and the sort of style. All right, this is established. a very yeah. long question. Agreed, totally agreed. Yeah. Uh, I'm obsessed with Scott Ackerman. Uh, and Mark in, Maron, in, in of course. Nice yeah. <laughs> Lock the gates. Lock the gates. Um, he talks about Godzilla a lot. What's your favorite Godzilla movie, essentially? I'm trying to boil like three paragraphs into a question here. I, I mean, the, the original... Uh, yeah, Gojira, the Japanese cut, I think is like a, a full stop masterpiece. So are you you're not like a Mothra guy? Well no, well this is what I was gonna who say. Your I mean <laughs> who are my guys? Uh King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. You know, I used Mecha to work Godzilla. the door at the comedy store and I remember uh, Rodan would come in every week and he said this week I'm just gonna do a jazz set. Um dumb, stupid fuck you graph. Uh <laughs> Gojira's the best movie yeah. ever made. That's a very Godzilla. cool movie. Yeah, I mean I've that's a that. real I substantial. I'm, I'm not a kind of haunted expert. movie. Uh, um, uh, uh, I always get the title wrong because it's really fucking long. But the uh, uh, all-out attack. It's it's like mm. it's from 2001, and it's called like Godzilla versus Mothra versus whatever giant monsters all-out attack. It is called Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah giant monsters all-out attack. I was pretty close on the title. Pretty good. Uh, giant monsters all-out attack is my favorite one. Cool. In terms of Godzilla awesomeness. I have two side questions based on this question. One, what did you think of Kong Skull Island? Note, it is bad. Okay, so here's my hot take. It is bad. Mm -hmm. Bad. Are you now worried about Godzilla, King of Monsters? Probably not, right? Because that has a good director. It has Michael Doherty, who I like. I love Michael Doherty. I thought, uh, you know... His two little horror movies are Krampus. really good. Krampus and Trick or Treat. Are those yes. the two? Yeah. Great. And uh, He sounds good. X2, X-Men United remains a paragon of- Well, uh, he wrote that. And right, Superman but, Returns. But superhero screenwriting. Totally agreed. Yeah. As to Superman Returns. Um, but then- what, So it's like they're doing that, and then they're doing King Kong versus Godzilla? Correct. Is that- Who's directing that? Mm, unknown. Better not be that Jordan Vote Roberts. Agreed. But I'll, but I'll say this. Look, I mean, I thought Kong Skull Island was more like uh, crap skull- Bullshit, mm -hmm. but um, there's nothing in it that like is. They can just make a King Kong versus Godzilla movie and just have King Kong show up and be made by a good director with a good screenwriter and it'll be fine. I don't think King sure. Kong entering into the Godzilla franchise will carry any bullshit baggage with it, no. especially since that movie is set 40 years before the Godzilla films are set. You know, because they're in present day. Yeah, I don't want to just talk have about a giant monkey anymore. show up and fight I Godzilla. I love Godzilla. I like King Kong a lot. Sure. I didn't like that movie. No. If they hire a good director, I'll be excited for the fight up. What'd you guys think of Power Rangers? That was my second question. Oh, I can beat you to it. All right. Power Rangers. Did you see it? Still haven't seen it. You gotta see it. Yeah. Ben, did you see it? I didn't see it, but I heard really good things. I want to say on the record, I've said it on Twitter, 
Griffin was like, it's going to be good. We watched the trailer together, to be fair, in this very studio. You and went, I was like, this looks bad. And when we watched the trailer, you're like, all right, look, the trailer doesn't look great. You did it. You did sort of I back did, down a little bit. But I said it looks goofy and fun. Right. And I was like, I don't think it does. I thought it looked more like they were just making. Yeah. yeah like, And the thing is, Hashtag. the first two minutes of the movie, yeah. it's like this gritty car chase. I mean, no, the, that's actually not true. The prologue is like naked sure. Zordon fighting Rita Repulsa like Sounds 65 great. million years ago. That's great. And that's yeah. when I was like, oh, shit. And then there's like this gritty Friday Night Lights scene where like Jason crashes his car and it just like cuts to black. And then in the like corner, it's like. Power Rangers in like lower cases. Oh, fuck that. And we were like, come on. No. And then the movie's great. Okay. Gotta see it. Uh, I, I, a humble brag, I'm a professional superhero and I've been behind on movies because of that. I will see it at some point. I just am uh, still uh, proud that I was right about it being goofy fun, even though I'm the idiot who still hasn't seen it. James Harper. Oh, wait. Hold on. One what? last what? guy see Colossal. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That is. Good. Big fan. Liked it a lot. I know, David, you were a little more mixed on it. A little it. more mixed. I did like it. I uh, didn't... Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I just liked... I liked it because I liked thinking of all these shitty men's rights type Look, dudes seeing it and being like, what? This is a podcast of allies. There's no question that we are allies. This You're is allies. a safe space here. Yeah. I like Johnny Monsters. I like Godzilla. I, I thought it was I a really smart it. The take. metaphor mostly clicked for me. I had some problems with it. I don't want to go into it right now. Uh, that's Sudeikis is a really good actor. We don't give enough credit. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. I think he's a real good actor. One of my problems with the movie is him, I will okay. say. Mostly okay. because I just always think he's a creep. And sure. so when the turn comes, which also the turn is real sharp. <laughs> it's a sharp turn. Sure. Uh, I was kind of like, yeah, it didn't totally work for me. But okay. whatever. Minor it's, it's a pretty good movie. I liked yeah. it a lot. Um, my favorite movie of the year is still a Lego Batman movie. Nothing's going to dethrone that that's that can't be true. <laughs> Please don't say that. I true. keep on going to movies and going. This feels pretty good. This might dethrone Lego Batman, and then they're still they're just hanging around the top. I barely remember the Lego Batman masterpiece. <laughs> okay. Did you see Lost City of Z? Yeah, that didn't beat the Lego Batman movie. No. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Oh, I'm you so mad at you. Found me, Batman, and I found you. You know that at the end when the little British boy sings the song. Vaguely. <laughs> I did see this movie. It's a great movie. William Taylor asks, one, he asks if we've warmed up to Sensei. I guess we really were negative about Sensei because I remember us being kind of into it. Yeah, I mean, we were a little crazy. We were very tired because we just binged it. I pulled an all-nighter watching that. I found it frustrating, but I feel like a lot of the things I took out on Sensei were more, here's a, a chance to explain a lot of what I find frustrating about TV in general right now. Agreed. I think we both agree on that. Yes. Two, and please keep this very brief. Okay. You've made your stance on Walt Becker's old dog in the road trip clear, but how do you feel about the rest of Becker's oeuvre? It's bad. It is? What are the other ones? Uh, Van Wilder. <sighs> the first one? Correct. Bad movie. Uh, Wild Hogs. Right. Old Dogs. Right. And Alvin the Chipmunks uh, for the road trip. Yeah. I think he's made one other film maybe that I haven't seen. Uh, they're bad. They're bad. I, I mean, I don't think he's... Very interesting. I think Old Dogs is really interesting because uh, of of just it got filtered through some weird uh, communication device that warped into the most like <laughs> yeah. weirdly transgressive uh, no, children's film ever made. He's shitty. He's shitty. And I don't think he has a very interesting brain. I think Old Dogs is kind of an accidental masterpiece in terms of it being so perverse. Um, generally, I think 
he's just kind of a crass, dumb. Yeah, he's a shithead. Right, and he's uh, he's a bro, and he's got he's a real bro weird backwards opinions and viewpoints on everything, and he's he's gross sexually. And he made these two kind of broy gay panic movies in Van Wilder and Wild Hogs, and, and then, buying the cow, which is the other the movie, forgot, which sorry. is a real gay panic movie in which yeah. Ryan Reynolds's character like thinks he slept with a man, but he didn't. And so he spends the whole movie being like, am I gay? And so all jokes aside, I find old dogs really fascinating because it's throwing that level of weird comedy sensibility into the packaging of a Disney family movie. And the juxtaposition is very, very odd and jarring. Um, I was hopeful that Alvin the Chipmunks 4 would have the same sort of weird disconnect. It doesn't save for the John Waters cameo where Alvin references that they both like eating shit. Okay. Oh, can I say Chips looks very funny? No, it doesn't. I don't know if you know this, but it's (laughs) so funny. That running bit, though, you know? I actually haven't even seen the trailer. Really? Mostly because that was the reaction everyone had to the trailer. Okay, so you get to go to screenings and not have to see trailers all the time? Right, I never see trailers. Well, rarely. I mean, I'm going to see some now because I'm just going to see Gaudians. Um, But I'm going to the Alamo where I feel like they... uh, Nice space friends? You know, I space friends too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the Alamo like curates even the fucking trailer. They would you know? never play a chips trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt like I saw the chips trailer before every movie for six months, <laughs> and the chips trailer literally has four different jokes that are like, "How gross would it be if one man was next to another man and penises were involved in some way?" <laughs> four great. different great. jokes. It did well. Um, I want to say, speaking of four, yeah. it'll have come out by now. King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, uh-huh. which is. We should probably do Guy Ritchie someday because boy, oh boy, is what that a weird a, career! Is that a movie at war with itself? Um, four times in that movie, four times is a woman, a nameless woman, murdered to advance the plot. It is shameless how many times this happens. Jude Law murders two of his family members. He does the same thing twice to like turn into a magical skull beast. Uh, two other women get their throats cut, like literally in front of King Arthur, so he can go like ah. Anyway, can I say something shameless. about King Arthur Legend of the Sword very quickly? Mm. Uh, that, you should see it. I will. <laughs> of course I will. What, you're like, you have to encourage me to see King Arthur Legend of the Sword. I'm Griffin. I'll yeah. see that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, that movie was uh, the cover story on Entertainment Weekly's Hot Summer Preview in 2015. Mm-hmm. Weird. So that's how long that movie's been sitting around. Yeah. Secondly, that movie was uh, put in development after a, like, Seven-figure pitch mm. by two screenwriters I know, who to came make in. Five movies, I believe seven. I think it's five, but uh, sure. They said King Arthur Cinematic Universe, one movie for each of the Knights of the Round Table. Look, man, I can't wait for Gawain. The Legend the of the Knight. Sword continues. <laughs> no, seriously, because Merlin, Gawain, Guinevere, like a lot of the characters yeah. you might think of as Lancelot, yeah. like Arthurian characters, not in this movie. And they're they're they were is, saving them for separate. It movies, is right? very obvious that they're going to be like, yeah, next Lancelot shows up and he's played by fucking. Because right. yeah. I remember hearing that like Idris Elba was going to play Merlin. I think to tease fuck no, everything. Fuck literally everything. All right. Also, there's a similar, someone pitched a fucking, and and sold a Robin Hood cinematic universe where there's a separate movie for each of the Merry Men. The thing about all of this is just, it's free because there's no rights to those things. So it's easy to try and fool yourself into thinking this is a good idea. It's not a good idea. Uh, Okay. But but basically, if you want to make money in Hollywood, walk into a studio and go, there's seven of them. Okay, I got a pitch. Yeah. Canterbury Tales. Yeah. No, No, it's not going to happen. One movie for each tale. Yeah. (laughs) All right, James Harper. Okay, the great James Harper, the great James Harper. Why shouldn't I be watching Fargo? Answer, it's not good. Counterpoint, it's the best. 
Next question. David, you're so wrong. No, I'm not. It's so good. Best show on television. He also uh, says that I'm too mean to you and it harms our brand as the two friends. That's not true. Okay, can, can I use this as a jumping off point for a second? Sure. I see on the internet a lot of people who go, Ugh, God, I can't stand this show anymore. I love it, but every time Griffin goes on one of his tangents, da 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 da. And I also see a lot of people I was about on the to internet say, there's also people who go, say. I can't stand this show anymore. David shutting down Griffin's tangents, da 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 da. There are all these people who go, I love the show, but I hate one of the two friends. Right. Guess what, baby? There are hashtag two friends on this show. And we are friends. You take both or you take neither. Love it or leave it. Are you watching Fargo season three? Yes. I haven't started yet. What do you think, Ben? I mean, it's, I think, really, uh, really strong. And okay. it's continuing to not disappoint me. Great. So uh, happy for you. All I right. know it's slow, and I think, like, mm-hmm. he's definitely now making <laughs> <of> it ideas. <laughs> more and more have, like, uh, Weird, just, quirky bullshit happen yeah, just because he yeah. doesn't know what to do. But at the same time, I love it. And it's, like, I'm still good storytelling and really good it. characters and great filmmaking. So I, I, I'm going to defend it, David. I think it's still fucking strong. Uh, David's rolling his eyes. Here's yeah. my hot take. Great TV show. No. All right, John Paul Ruby. I really just think it's it's derivative and, like, I don't like Noah Hawley. It doesn't matter. Okay, I think your butt is derivative. <laughs> Come on. Probably they start out in West Germany. Now they're in L.A. and she's re- finding out about old Hollywood stuff. It's quirky. David, it's that's good. a big point. Come on. He's our finest film critic. It's a TV show. John Paul Ruby. <laughs> But our TV shows now like thirteen hour movies. Oh, if God. you really think about it, wouldn't wouldn't everyone want to go see a thirteen hour movie? I'll say John, it again: cancel TV, no more TV. Agreed. John Paul Ruby, number question number one: What the is great your John Paul Ruby? Yes. What is your greatest moment of professional embarrassment? I don't even know what the answer to that question is. I, I can, haven't been like professionally embarrassed a lot. Knock on wood. I feel like I can give you an answer, please. Uh, and I'm sure people. That's why I asked. I figured you'd have. One. Yeah. Uh, there were there was a recent like uh, I, I think last Thanksgiving or something. My family got into a spirited debate over what the worst Griffin Newman movie was, <laughs> and everyone oh. in my family was arguing over what the worst thing I've been in was. What was the consensus pick? It was like a tie. Like each member had a different movie and was arguing strongly. Like no, but you haven't seen Naomi and Eli's Kissless. That one's really bad. My mom was like, no, 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 but free the nipple. Like it was like a <laughs> free really... the nipple is not great. It does have tits in it. Look. A lot of clunkers in the filmography. <laughs> a lot knocking, of knockers. Knocking, yeah, a lot of knockers. Uh, that that is a weird thing that I think about. Is like I've I've been in a fair amount of movies where I'm in the frame next to female nudity, mm. and it's like, oh, I'm on like blogs that people masturbate to. Mm-hmm. You're on Mr. Skin or whatever. I am. Right. Yeah, Fort Tilden. I'm in like a 20 minute nude scene. Yeah, there you go. Where I'm framed around. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not nude yet. I'm not, but I'm saying I probably am like the person that someone's putting their hand over while they jerk off. They have to put. Anyway, look. They I, don't want to look at me while. They're, no, I understand, and you're you doing a very saying. great motion. Give there. yourself some credit. Maybe they're jerking off to you too. They're putting their hand over the women. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, that's answered my I question. No, my here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I've been in a lot of movies I'm embarrassed by, uh. but in terms of my own work, uh, there's a French oh, I know TV what mine show. Is. I know what mine is. There's yeah, a French ahead. TV show called Taxi Brooklyn. Of course. Okay. Damn right there is. Which is which? Some of my friends reviewed. I know. Esther went way too easy on me in her review of the show. Uh, Taxi Brooklyn is a television series adaptation of Taxi, yes, the French franchise of Luc Besson produced action comedies, mm-hmm. which were remade as Once an aborted Fallon, franchise Queen starter, Latifa, yeah. right? Which was set in New York. Yeah, this is not a television series of Taxi, the Queen Latifah, Jimmy Fallon movie, which is set in New York. This is an adaptation of yeah. the French show, which is also set in New York. Yeah, in Brooklyn. 
there was a part in that that in the casting breakdown said was written for a young Chris Rocker, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I got the email. I said, are you sure this isn't a mistake? Mm-hmm. They said, just go in. I went in and did it. I was like, that's the worst edition I've ever done. Got the 12 job. hours later, they hired me. So I was like, this is really offensive. Mm. How am I? They wrote this. This is a bit of a brag, though, because you got a job. I got a job, but I don't know why. Because they All were right. dumb. I'm cutting you off unless I'm you have you, any more. I, I, to try to get around, giving them the energy they wanted, but not having to do a fucking back in blackface. Can you show me uh-huh. how to get to Racism Street performance? Mm-hmm. Played my character like Bugs Bunny. Sounds- and I think it's really fucking weird, and I'm very embarrassed by it. That's great. Um, That's my greatest profession. In my though. early days of the AV club, and maybe some old school AV commenters mm-hmm. will probably remember this, I was reviewing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I did not realize that Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, mm-hmm. played a, like a broken down wrestler in one episode. Mm-hmm. And You're talking about the great Rowdy Rowdy Piper? He's, he really is the great. I mean, I sure. rewatched They Live recently. We should do Carpenter someday. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I like, in, I believe in the review. I was like, and whoever played that guy was great. And the commenters were livid. I mean, the famously lovely AV Club commenters basically wanted me fired immediately for, for not, not being able to recognize him. Triple you know, R. And this is the thing: like, you gotta watch the fucking episode and then write the recap in twenty minutes. You know, like it is yeah. a stressful period, and I was new to it. Oh boy, I I will never live that down. That was one of the worst mistakes I've ever made. Double okay. RP. That and, was a big mistake. So yeah. mine is uh, when I was. Uh, Performing comedy and just like sort of starting to work at Sirius XM, mm-hmm. I had a crust punk <clears throat> mullet. Yeah, you did. And I'm so glad that I, there's not many pictures of me, but man, did I look like an asshole. The question number two What were your first <laughs> date movies? Mine were X2 and the Lizzie McGuire movie. Follow up, how'd those dates go? Uh, my first date movie was 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. They went great. How about my, you? My first date movie was Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, good movie. And it doomed my sixth grade relationship because she kept on saying my hands are so cold, trying to get me to hold her hands, probably move on up to kissing. I was too into the movie. I went, oh, that's so weird. I, I feel warm. I wouldn't touch her the entire film because I was wrapped. Oh, boy. Uh, there's a third question about going to jail. That's my life in a microcosm, by the way. Refusing to hold a girl's hand because Josie and the Pussycats had my attention. Uh, this guy has four questions. Uh, okay. I'm not going to... Uh, FM, Fuck, Mary Kill, Ray Reddy, Joey the wait, Horse. Wait, wait, wait. I want to hear Ben's answer for that one, actually. What okay. was your first movie date? Okay. I just, you know. I know, I know, but this is a good one for Ben. Sorry, say the question. First again. date movie. First, first date, date movie. movie. Um, fuck. I remember the Mel Gibson one, uh, What Women Want. Yeah, Nancy Myers movie. But we'll I feel do her like... Someday. I feel like I've gone to... He doesn't have an answer. Okay, great. I'll I'm think moving about on. it. Check Fuck Mary Kill, Ray right. Reddy, Joey the Horse, and Sio Bibble. Now my answers are very clear to this. One, fuck Sio Bibble. Two, marry Joey the Horse. Three, kill Ray Reddy. Ray Reddy being M. Night Shyamalan's character in signs for people who forgot. <laughs> I agree on all three counts. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. Hey, you want to hear something cool? Uh Mel Gibson's uh, wife in signs plays my mom on the tick. Mel Gibson's wife in signs. She has that she amazing like in that scene one where she's scene pinned where she's dying. What's yeah. her name? Don't, don't ask me this on it. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Yeah, no, don't yeah. worry about it. Um, for biggest ben professional embarrassment. <laughs> okay. uh, ben, double it. She's a lovely actress. She's amazing on the show. Okay, uh, Kyle Wilson. Uh, since I missed it in the theater, I waited till Split came to streaming to listen to it. Yada, yada, yada. And on the Split episode, mm-hmm. apparently, I was super dismissive of the first couple episodes of Legion, calling it terrible and awful. Uh, Griffin had not seen it. I watched it and loved it. Penultimate episode's one of my favorites ever. 
wonder if David's opinion had changed or if Griffin watched it. My opinion. Legion's really bad. The first two episodes were fucking good compared to the shit that followed. My God. And then at the end, they literally do an episode where someone just stands in front of a chalkboard and is like, all right, so let me explain the plot of Legion, uh, you know, and literally just sketches out what's been happening. What do you think? I'm going to get a big rubber stamp so I can keep on answering all these questions with, I've been busy, haven't seen it. <laughs> you really have a problem with that showrunner. Uh, Noah Hawley, yeah. No, I really do. And I do think he's part of a larger problem in quote-unquote Arturist television where people are just not being asked to sell me on a plot, like, within an episode. Like, I really do think it's fine. I just watched the American Gods pilot, which looks good, and I like Brian Fuller, but fuck that pilot. It's 60 minutes, nothing fucking happens. Get ready for a clean half-hour tick series coming August 25th to Amazon Prime, baby. Thank you. Uh, did you watch Legion, Ben? I have not. You probably dig it. Uh, <laughs> Eric Spratling. You'd probably would. It's like real psychedelic and weird. I think you'd like it. The great Eric Spratling. I'm not sure if you'd like it, but you might. I'm into it. I'm going to give it a try. I like, I like dressed down superhero stuff. So, yeah. I mean, shit, I've watched uh, all of that garbage uh, fucking Iron Fist you watch all of that? Oof. I know, I know. Jesus, Joanna I just like putting it on. It was insane. like, I mean, she hated it too. It was great. It was just like sounds that I could fall asleep <laughs> to. Yeah, I think that's how Joanna treated it as well. I can't imagine watching this. Ben, if you like dressed oh, on superheroes, yeah. spoiler alert: I wear a poncho for an entire episode. Ooh, what color is the poncho? Blue, baby. Ah, good choice. Good poncho. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Eric Spratling. The great Eric Spratling. Apologies if I missed this on a previous app, but how did you two and the Haas meet each other and become so close? Hashtag Two Friends Origins. Yeah, I mean... Um, We've talked about it. We met on Twitter. David and I met on Twitter. Alyssa Stanoa introduced us. Our, our, the lovely, the great, the great Alyssa, Alyssa. Stanoa uh, introduced us because we both tweeted about having a crush on Lydia... Deets from Beetlejuice. Yeah, which now feels like super hacky, but whatever. Right, she was like, you guys should be friends. We went, we got drinks. We went and we got drinks. We, we saw see Stories We Tell, the Sarah Pauly Stories film. We Tell, not a bad movie. But we met with me entering late into the theater. You were already seated. Correct. I sat down next to you at the end of the movie, went and got drinks. Had a nice time. You Crime cried, Scene Lounge, cried, I think cried, was the bar we went to. That's right, you cried about Melania a bunch. Uh, you were I crying. think it had not... No, it had. It had happened. It had okay. They had passed yeah. on it at that point. Yeah, I think they it, it, they had passed on it, but you had not. The Fox stuff. It, had the not Fox yet stuff happened. hadn't happened yet. And then I saw you again, maybe a while later. You can f- figure it out from the release Went date. To see the we, bling we, ring. we saw the Bling Ring. Yes. After that, my friend Pilot, who has been on this show, on the show, texted me and said, "Come go to movie cur- trivia." Yes. And me and you were like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" So we went to movie trivia in Williamsburg, I, and we saw Bling Ring in. The, Chelsea, so Correct. we like we took a taxi. And I don't know if you remember this, but we went from Bling Ring in Chelsea to Walter's Bar in Chelsea, and there was a trivia night happening there. And it was bad. Right, and I was like, I like it trivia. Was like, we What's should stay the here and do this. Italy yeah, or I was like, you know, I like, like bar trivia, though. No, I know, and I was into it, too, but then it was shitty. But then when Pilot texted us, we were like, huh, movie, movie trivia. We went there, we showed up, it was a mob scene, and Pilot was like, this sucks, it's too hard. Like, you know, they were already kind of not into it. We walked into a guest round that was Disney, and I suddenly knew the answer to every question. Everyone on the team was like, oh. And then we sort of, like, took over the answer sheet and started answering and everything. The pilot had named the team Quiz Kid Donnie Smith, and After so that Magnolia. was our first name. Right, and then Pilot, like, kept coming with us for maybe two more weeks before she bowed out. We, uh, we bowed out. And then just became us as a two-person team. And then we slowly... Chase Mitchell, Rachel Lang. A lot of, lot of friends, yeah. you know. But anyway, that's, and that's right. Me and Griffin started seeing each other every week. 
at trivia, and that's really that's how when we, we became friends. great friends. Griff and Ben, they were friends making the uh, TCGS show. Yes, Riley Soller and I did a podcast called Talking TCGS for the Cave Comedy Radio Network, and Ben was a new hire. We'd been doing the show for a couple months, and then he got hired on as a new producer, and he came in, and it was it was love at first sight. Yeah. It was great, man. But this um, is the third podcast Ben and I have done together. It's, it's been uh, really, really fun working and, and getting to be good friends with you, Griffin. And then we got to bring David into this friendship, and now yeah. we got three friends. Well, that's that's how uh, you met uh, David as well, was when uh, David was a guest host on Talking to CGS. That's right. And so you met him through that. And right. then you guys, we already have talked about this in the 100th episode, pitched uh, my boss yeah. a crazy, crazy idea, and yeah. now here we are. What if we just talk about Phantom Menace? Okay. Christopher McRae. Okay. The great Christopher McRae. Hey, guys. Uh, Chris here, long-time listener, yada, 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 ComCheck trip recipient. Oh, that's um, cool. He says that he misses the investigative angle, like when the premise of Shyamalan was, can you be a good filmmaker when most of your films are bad? He'd like it if we brought us that back. But that's kind of what Blank Check is. Agreed. You know, I think there's always an investigation. You know, what happened? Yeah, why? Exactly. Why did they get the blank check? Who are they? The why did in- they connect? Why did they stop connecting? The investigation angle is something that Ben suggested to us as a way of getting us to stop being such fucking idiots when we were pitching the show. <laughs> we were being fucking idiots. Because we were like, no, 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 We'll just figure out ways to talk about it. No, but I do think the investigative thing lands there because I think the show is, first and foremost, us trying to understand the psychology of these filmmakers. You know, I mean, I think if the investigation is less focused on trying to get one answer, perhaps, but there still is an investigation there. I will say this. Michael Bay, who we thought we were going to do next... And then people sort of caught wind of that and got really upset. I think that was going to be more of an investigation. I think that season was going to be more of what people are we'll asking us to do. We'll, do, we'll do it at some point. But people go, I missed this thing. I missed this thing. And then we had an answer that fit all of it. And I think it was going to be different than what you what you blankies thought we were going to do. It was going to be five Transformers movies. Anyway, Emmanuel Macron just won the French election with 65% of the vote. God damn it. No, it's good. That's, oh, okay. He's a good. left-wing guy. For I sure. mean, he's centrist, but you know. Uh, Le Pen, who's the leader of the far right, she lost. Do you know uh, why I said goddamn it? Why? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> because I thought a macaroon had just been elected president of France. Uh, I, I, just, had a, I don't even want to talk about a dessert. <laughs> we should elect a dessert. Okay. Oh, but, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to. Uh, this that, guy that also. That delicious chocolate cake. All right, that Trump Christopher McRae. Christopher McRae. The great Christopher McRae. Also gathered, he said, every time we've ever talked about doing like episodes or shows okay so here's a little list of things we've apparently discussed lucas non-star wars we do have to do that one day agreed uh he says howard the duck should be included debatable perhaps uh adam's family values Ugh, love that movie so much just a one-off but sonnenfeld might be a fun you know there's I a lot would there love to do Sonnenfeld. the only problem with sonnenfeld is it's just not that his bad movies aren't interesting but there are quite a few of them yes have you seen nine lives but yeah. it's the kind I'd of movie we might have some fun with. Seinfeld's a real fall from grace guy. Talking fanfare, where we just talk about studio logos. <laughs> oh, I would do that, no <laughs> question. Uh, we would have to mix in some production company, you know, like yeah. talk about some Morgan Creeks and Spy Castle Rock. <laughs> yeah. Orion is a good one. It's crazy now how you fucking like sit down for any blockbuster movie and there's 14 logos. Like, you know, half the companies are Chinese or Indian yeah. or whatever. Like, you know, it is, it's like it's going, it's getting big. It is insane. The I do Studio think logo business. The next time we have an itch to do an episode like this, though, we should do talking fanfare. I'm 100% 
sent down to do that. Okay. Uh, legend with JD Amato. JD's always pushed for that. Right. It would be part to me of a Ridley Scott. We maybe, maybe we could curate a Ridley something. Scott. Something we figure know? out some like we don't have to do White Squall. Right. Even Hulk, White Squall isn't bad. Hulking the Hulk. Uh, Does he put blank that on check? There? Looks like we cashed that yeah. one. We did. Adam Sandler. It's true. You know, we yeah. can have some fun with that. Dark Knight trilogy. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, Batman Forever. Oh. David, okay, so David- I once pitched, go ahead. Just doing the four, essentially the- uh, The Burton Batman universe, because Burton produced Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, like, and they're all linked. Right. Those are four movies. I would call them the Pat Hengel, Michael Goh films. <laughs> Absolutely. Because they're that's the two actors who bridge the four. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So that, I do want to, because I think that's, I mean, there's no better blank check narrative than what happened with those movies. My counterpoint to that was do every- Batman movie, and David balked at that. But we came very close to doing that. We thought about doing a little baby miniseries. He only wanted because to do it because he wanted to do like a Batman movie. I wanted to do like a Batman movie so well. It's, it's a masterpiece. Um, I'll also say, I mean, Hulking the Hulk, which I know we promised for a while. We, uh, doing Lee someday. Yeah. We came very close to doing Ang Lee mm. uh, when, in place of Spielberg. Mm-hmm. We, for a long time, were planning on doing Ang Lee. I want to do Ang Lee. Right after You're James You're the one Cameron. who's not into Ang Lee. I was into it. I don't remember. You're less into Angley. That's just all that there is to it. I, I'm not even accusing. I think it's just true. You're just a little less excited about it. I don't know about that. I would love to fucking. Let's I'm the do dude who wants then. to talk about Hulk. Put your money where your mouth I is. I dare you to do an Angley <laughs> miniseries. Uh, Samuel Jackson's glasses. Do not remember what the context on this one is. I don't either, but I thought oh, we were yeah. going to do hair pieces. Yeah. He's got some crazy hair pieces. Sounds anyway. like a really funny bit. <laughs> That we, on blank check. That we forget. C.J. Thomas asks. Okay. Oh, it's a new question. Yeah. What podcast do you guys listen to? Hollywood Handbook? We Hate Movies? You listen to Hollywood Handbook. I listen to Hollywood Handbook. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, what else do I listen to? Uh, my, my podcast. I'll yeah. tell you what my, my top like new episode comes out. I listen to it immediately. Rotation is because, once again, been busy lately. Mm-hmm. Slimmer media diet. A lot of the shows I usually listen to, I haven't been keeping Crooked up with. Good media? Carry on. The three I really keep up with are um, uh, Hollywood Handbook, uh, Doughboys, and Harmontown. Mm, I, I, I fell off the Harmontown train. I How is Harmontown. it these days? I love it. I think it's really great. It's definitely transitioned into something new. The cast has changed and yeah. the vibe has changed. It lost me when it got more political, honestly. Oh, boy. Uh, I still love it. And then, of course, uh, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, I endorse basically all of these. Although I've never listened to Doughboys, but I've been keep meaning to. Love Doughboys. It's my fucking Doughboys. favorite. That's that's like even when I'm on set, if a new Doughboys comes out, I'm listening to it five minutes at a time in between takes or whatever. Like I love, love, love Doughboys. Um, I listen to Blank Check with Griffin and David, which is a great podcast. A really good podcast. I listen to Fighting in the War Room. I listen to It's Cool Like Anime, which is Emily's podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts that the people who've been on this show make, Little Gold Men. Uh, I am, then I just listen to, I listen to the canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a long time fan. I'm glad it's back. Uh, and, uh, Masterpiece Cinema I listen to. Uh, we're going to be on that soon, actually, oh, I think. congratulations. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk uh, about Do you know I'm angling to be the most frequent guest they've had on the show? Mm. I'm like, I have a very aggressive campaign. I think I'm going to do the Cars 3 episode coming up soon. You should. And then I listen to a ton of basketball podcasts. I won't mention them all, but The Starters okay. is the best. And Great, because totally you're not allowed to mention them. Yeah. Other shows I listen to, I like film spotting a lot. This uh-huh. American Life. Do, 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 do. Grandma's Virginity podcast, Justin Royland's podcast, which isn't happening anymore. I loved uh, uh, Reply All. Uh, beautiful anonymous and uh i I very recently just got into my brother my brother and me after people uh, told me for years i should listen to it and it's great 
Uh, yeah, totally. Um, but Doughboys, Harmontown, and uh, whatchamacallit, Hollywood Handbook are like my holy trinity. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, hey, I got to answer. Ha- ben? Uh, okay. I listen to way too many podcasts because I do it for a living, mm-hmm. but I will say one show I do very much enjoy is called The Dollop. It's a great history comedy podcast. Also, gotta give a shout out, big shout out to my boy, Brian Leher. Love him. Leher? 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 Yeah. Leher? Anyway. He's the best. He's the best. I listen to his daily show as a podcast because if I miss it in the morning, I gotta get me some Brian. Love Brian. Okay, I gotta keep us moving because yeah. we're taking too long, okay. as always. All right, Ben, do you have any good weed stories? Please don't answer that question. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, the, here's, yeah. here's my answer. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's ben got has good weed you stories. Go get a drink with Ben sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Griffin, is Ray Romano a chill dude in real life? Really chill. So chill. Really I've chill. I've also uh, interviewed Ray Romano. Seems very chill. Uh, we talked a lot about anxiety. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's good at talking about anxiety. He's got his little bottle of Vandavan or whatever. Yeah, he carries around a necklace. Which is great, and he never opens it. Yeah, he's um, a great guy. Great, really, really a great dude. David, do you still have anger towards the following, which was the Fox serial killer drama starring Kevin Bacon that I reviewed for the AV Club and Valerie Curry, my on-screen sister. That's true. Tick, uh, gotta keep I plugging the tick. Did make fun of it a lot. I have no lingering anger towards the following. I mostly think of it with fondness. Mm. Uh, there's this one episode. You know the serial killer played by James Purefoy. Correct. Is that right? It's I always confuse yes. him and uh, another one. Yes. But, uh, he's writing a novel because he's a novelist and a serial killer. And, you know, mm-hmm. He loves Edgar Allan Poe and all his followers murder people in Edgar Allan Poe masks. Mm-hmm. And he just is like, he's just writing and then he just writes a bunch of question marks. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a serious show. Uh, Kit Fisto or Gragra? Gragra. Gragra. Yeah, Gethard's not here. Gethard was here. He could make his Fisto. He could make his Fisto. Look, Gethard throwing down the gauntlet. You want to argue for Fisto, come back on the show. Um, Lucas Rutten, I know, this is a new question, I know- I'm sorry, you mean the great Lucas Rutten? Correct. Okay. I know that David mentioned in the Crow miniseries that Jerry Maguire is the cinematic equivalent of comfort food for him, Mm -hmm. movie you can just put on, you know what I mean by that. Uh, He wants to know what other movies you feel like that about, for him it's Clue and Like Mike. Weird, I saw another Clue question today. Like Mike is I believe- no, which is the one that Jonathan Lipnicki and Lil Bow Wow are in? Like I know Mike. It, he is, right? That's like Mike, yeah. So two Jonathan Lipnicki movies have made cinematic comfort food. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my answers are uh, Little Vampires and <laughs> Stuart Little, Little 2. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we both knew I was going to say Stuart Little 2. Uh, P.S. Do you eat any other food than bagels? Uh, yeah. Eat chicken tenders. I, I eat chicken tenders, pizza, and tacos. That's the end of my list. Um, I'm a little boy. Uh, no, and, and Tintin is obviously a comfort food movie for you. Yeah, I that. mean the Toy Story ones are big ones for me. Obviously, oh, you like those? Yeah, I like them a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you a weird comfort food movie for me. Everyone's always weirded out with this answer, especially since most of my uh, comfort food movies are children's films that are calm to watch. Um, the Master is weirdly a comfort food movie for me. When I can't fall asleep, I rewatch The Master. I find that movie yeah. very as as that's cool, man. No, psychosexually like, upsetting as it is, I find it very calming. Just the rhythms for, and the look. For of the me, movie. Master and Commander is like that. Weird. I was in the worst mood a few weeks ago. Yeah, Joanna was like, "What are we gonna do about you?" And I put on Master and Commander. I'm instantly. I'm like, look, he's gonna he's gonna fight y'all now. Look, 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 look pay attention, pay attention. Like yeah. it immediately just settles me down. There will uh, be blood. That's like for me. I love yeah. to put that on and fall asleep to that, which is crazy. Yeah, that's. But I, I, yeah, I hear that. Silence of the Lambs too. <laughs> oh, I love watching that movie. That is a great answer. Fucking Demi. Oh, fucking Demi. That is a. That's that was a bummer. Very sad. 
Uh, I wrote an I wrote an obituary for him. I loved Jonathan Demme. He would be uh, perfectly wonderful. He'd be a great one candidate. Too. Yeah. Um. I mean, the fact that he remade the Manchurian Candidate and, and it was good and charade, well, which wasn't good, good right. <laughs> uh, is crazy. Yeah. Paula Reagan asks. Uh, are there any almost made the big time directors you haven't seen who haven't made a movie in years you'd like to see make a comeback such as Karen Kusama did with The Invitation? It's Ooh. a tough one to answer off the top of the old dome. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there are people like that where you're like, whatever happened to blah? Like, you know, like who the fuck were the people who made um, American Splendor? Uh, uh, Berman and Pucci. Yeah. Like what the hell? Happened Pucci, like, yeah. They're doing something new now. I Not forget what I it is. I like that movie, but that just strikes me as like people who... Hit it big and then went away. Yeah, there there are uh, definitely Puccini. Puccini. Um, this doesn't totally fit into it because uh, Mississippi Grand was pretty recent, but I'm pretty excited to see Bowden Fleck, Fleck do Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Sugar is one of my favorite movies of the last ten years. Sugar's a good movie. Mississippi uh, Grand ain't bad. I think they're really interesting filmmakers. Yeah, I like Mississippi Grand and a lot. Have Nelson ain't bad. Uh, no, they're good. Um, uh, I'm gonna forget names here. Um, I mean, Joe Cornish is an obvious answer. It sounds like he's finally making a new movie now, but Attack the Block is amazing. I've been waiting totally to see agreed. him do something. Uh, Shane Carruth, I know, has been threatening to make yeah, a new movie. Yeah, this is the thing. You know, there's a Carruth coming. Tamara Jenkins, who's a filmmaker, I've always been like, yes. where's her movie? I think she's finally she's making a movie. She's shooting something now. I saw her shooting. I literally walked past her on the street behind a monitor the other day. So you she know, is making a movie now. You know, like Julie Dash, who just got like a bunch of, she got like a Lifetime Achievement Award for making Darts of the Dust at mm-hmm. like New York Film Critics last year. Like, where's her next? I mean, you know, there's a lot of movies where uh, you're just Nicole like, Cressel, who did um, The Woodsman, which I really love. I like that movie. But a lot of people are doing TV now. Like, I was like, Very why true. isn't Nicole Cressel making a movie? And then she ended up doing an episode of Vinyl. Like, a lot of these people are... Um, yeah. Are do- Carl Franklin is, like, all TV now. Um, um, there was an answer I was about to have. Oh, Dayton Ferris have a new movie coming out this fall. They do. That's right. Uh, which uh, is the Bobby, the, Riggs. the Bobby Riggs. The Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King What movie? about the Fairley Brothers? What happened to those Fuck guys? That. I like them a lot. Um, but, yeah, it, but Todd, it's been a while. Todd yeah. Vanderwerf really wants us to do a Fairly Brothers miniseries. As does Joe Gardner. I would love to do it. Uh, David will refuse. No, I wouldn't refuse. <laughs> well, their last movie was Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. Uh, Darnell Martin, that's another person I really want to see another movie from her. She made Cadillac Records, which is oh, great. Oh, that movie's so good. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we answered that question. Matt... Woodcock. Oh, asks uh, if you had to do a series disco- covering a director whose films are mostly comedies, who would you pick? Well, Farrelly Brothers are one. Judd Apatow is obviously another one because that guy's a blank check filmmaker through and through. Yeah, Judd Apatow would be a nice little small one to make. Um, uh, Joe Dante, I would sort of qualify as Dante. He, mostly comedies, and I really want to do Dante. He's just done a lot, but yeah, Dante would be good. Yeah. Um, I'll say something uh, quickly while uh, 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 Jesus Christ, my Brain is is just a movie out of my ears. Who was the other filmmaker you just said? Fairly Dante. Uh, oh, Judd Apatow. Uh, I've been rewatching Freaks and Geeks. Talk about comfort food when I can't fall asleep at night. And I've been watching the the commentaries on the excellent Blu-ray set that Such Shout Factory released. The commentaries were recorded in 2004, and there's an amazing one where it's Apatow, Feig, and Jason Siegel are the three on it, and all of them are talking about like. Yeah, I just want to keep on rewatching these and reliving these to remember when I still had a career. I know it is crazy. It's People all three forget. of them right before. There was a long time, not even right before. Yeah. Well, Forty Year Old Virgin's what two thousand six, seven? Sh- it comes out two thousand five. He five, starts shooting okay. Forty Year Old Virgin at the end of that year. Right. Feig started working on The Office like the year after that, which then became his like regular job. And Siegel started How I Met Your Mother, I think, like two years after that, three years after that. But it was like all three of them being like, "I can't get hired," which is a like, crazy. 
Uh, Rosemary Wagner. Let's see. This is a long one. Would we consider adding another character to the Blank Check Awards, such as Best Bit or Funniest Performance? No. Uh, sorry. We'd add it to an award show covering our podcast. Uh, uh, would we please do one-off episodes focusing on an actor's career? She loves like the Bill Murray recap we do with the man who do look too little. Yeah. She likes what we do with Tom Cruise. But that's just kind of part of the podcast. Like... You know, if there's a movie star we find interesting, we're going to dig into him. You but know, I'll say this: like it has been suggested at certain points, this idea. I don't remember who it came from, but that we would do like um, a one-off episode where we pick an actor, someone like Colin Farrell, who we've talked about a lot, and the structure of the episode would be going through their IMDb and kind of like charting how weird the career is and giving hot takes on some of the movies. I think it's an interesting thing. We might try it sometime as an experiment. It might who be knows? an interesting diversion. Yeah. Um. What do we think of John Cameron Mitchell as a writer-director? Did you see Rabbit Hole? What do you think How to girl, Talk to Girls at Parties, his new movie, will be like? Uh, I think Hedwig in the Angry Inch is a great movie. Agreed. I think Short Bus is a pretty bad movie that is nonetheless pretty interesting. Pretty fascinating. Uh, I think Rabbit Hole is fine. Yeah. I think it's a pretty boring play uh, about how it would be sad if your kid died. Yeah. Thank you for elucid- you know, illuminating that for me. Uh, but like well acted, I suppose. Like it's fine. Yeah. Weren't you almost in it? Yeah, I I was like I just realized that. Yeah. I I was uh here's here's a very weird factoid that's pretty hard to imagine. I was like the second or third choice to play the Miles Teller role in Rabbit Hole. I got really, really close to that. My career would be very different. Yeah. Like I mean it would have framed to be an but entirely I mean, like, different this podcast life. wouldn't exist. Yeah, all these things. If Mulaney got picked up, this podcast wouldn't exist. Agreed. Uh, and look, I, the tick is my dream job in a thousand senses, and I'm now very retroactively happy about everything that happened in my life leading sure. up to this moment yes. to allow it to happen. Uh, um, but I, I got weirdly attached to that character. It's one of the like two or three times, I'd say, Young Neil and, and Scott Pilgrim's another example, where I got close to a part and really had a sense of longing for not getting the chance to play it. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I you know had a series of auditions with John Cameron Mitchell, where the callbacks to work with mm-hmm. him, he was far and away the best actors director I'd ever worked mm-hmm. with. Just in audition mm-hmm. capacity, it was astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him a little bit. I run into him every once in a while. I think he's a great guy. Uh, I agree with your assessments of the movies, but I think he's a really interesting artist. I'm mm-hmm. very excited for how to talk to girls at parties. Mm-hmm. It's a great cast. It's a great piece of source material. Yes, I'm uh, thrilled he's got to see him come back. It. Uh, I know someone who's seen it. I'll leave it there. Uh, he's also a great actor. I wish he was on screen more. I know he's starting to do it more okay. and more now. All right. I'm cutting you off. I we like really him. need to keep moving. Cool. I can't believe I didn't see this coming, uh, that we would go too long. That's weird. We're usually very brief about everything. <laughs> Joe Norcross suggests Cassie Lemons. Casey? Cassie mm-hmm. Lemons, uh, director of Eve's Bayou and other yeah. great movies. Love Cassie Lemons. Not a blank check director by no. any means because she's had to like really fight yeah. to make movies. Because uh, what else does she made? The Caveman's Valentine. Like... But uh, I do Good love director. her. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me is a great movie. Agree with uh, that. Love that. Uh, which is, I think, her third or fourth movie. Yeah, really good movie. And then she did Black Nativity, which I did not see. Didn't. Um, uh, Jane Campion. He also says, "Love Jane Campion." Yeah. She'd be cool. Uh, ben Harworth suggests all the Bond movies, which is an insane idea. But he sent a very long email that was like breaking down. In, within each actor, which is the blank check movie. Like, yeah, that's weird. Which was interesting, but there's no way I could read it all out. Uh-huh. But I do did want to acknowledge it, but no. I mean, if you want to listen to, like, Matt Gorley has his James Bond podcast, right? James or, Bonding, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Matt Myra. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I believe that's people? correct. Yeah. So, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sarah Jan. Uh-huh. The Great Sarah Jan? 
Just listen to the episode on the village. Now, this email might be from like fucking months ago. Yeah, probably. Uh, we never checked her email. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, sorry. Uh, she worked as the stand-in for Bryce Dallas Howard Ooh. on the village. She thought she'd share her thoughts. Please do. One, Bryce Howard was wearing a wig. I had to wear the wig too and was told it was extremely expensive. Interesting considering her hair is so crucial to the movie. And it's her natural it hair, hair color. It's a wig that has her same hair color. Sure. Interesting. I mean, a lot of actors wear wigs, right? Because yeah. you want to maintain Specific continuity. hairstyle, continuity, yeah. As background actors, we were not told the twist, and we definitely did not figure it out on set. Interesting. When I started doing stand-in work for Bright, which is not that surprising, I suppose, because yeah. all the twist stuff happens sort of off yeah. set. I still don't know who I'm playing in the tech. They keep that secret from me, so I can't spoil it. Yeah, good call. Uh, you're playing the moth guy. Uh, when I started doing really? stand-in work for Bryce, oh, I was geez, told the crazy. twist. Okay. Because I would be able to figure it out based yeah. on the scenes we were shooting, so I had to sign. I was never asked to sign a non-disclosure. I was just asked to s- not to say anything. Okay. So there you go. They're simpler chill time. about it. Yeah, simpler time. Uh, it really is, actually. Yeah. Uh, she also says that the creature costume was rejected for the village was reused in the Omen remake. She oh, attached weird. a picture. Yeah. I got to show it to you someday. And finally, Bryce Howard's very sweet and kind, very nice person. That's lovely. I like there to you hear go. all that. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is someone come out. No, this is a troll email. Read a little bit of it. This is from a person called Hermit Man. The great Su- Hermit Man? Subject, your podcast <laughs> ruined my life. Okay, great. So I was talking about to my boss about Orlando Bloom's penis, and the subject of Elizabethtown somehow came <laughs> up. Having listened to your episode, I naturally told him I thought the movie was terrible. He seemed offended at hurt and said he was a big fan of Kirsten Dunst. I've never actually seen the movie, so I had to backtrack and was like, yeah, I guess it was all right, which made me seem like a wuss. Now I'm not going to get a good recommendation from him. I'm not going to give this job I'm up for him. My career's going to be ruined. Thanks a lot, dickbags. You're welcome. Next question. Nathan Wagner. <laughs> the great Nathan Wagner. Nathan Swagner. Oh, right. Now, I just saved this because you need to talk to this person. This was sent last year, last July. Okay, July 2016. (laughs) Hey, guys. I was in an antique store and found an action figure of everyone's favorite, Dexter Jetster. What? I immediately bought it and was hoping to ship it to your way way as a small, like, fan donation. Uh, So he wants uh, a P.O. box or something. I can give him my address, yeah. Yeah, so I'll give you his email off. I I have gotten a couple. I don't think I recall it, but I have gotten a couple, like, uh, uh, Phantom Mask Trilogy toys from listeners. I have, like, a a wind-up Watto and a a Bail Organa uh, that people have sent me, which are really nice. I always appreciate it. I'll always take toys. Can I do—oh, can I use this as a tradition? A transition? You can, but, I mean, I will actually ask the question you said you respond to soon, so— it's your call. Okay, so I'll wait for that. But wait a second. What's that in the distance? Right? Shouldn't we? We should. But in the meantime, David. Yeah. I believe for the last four months you've been sitting on a new Ergo Report. It's not been that long because it was I saw it happened after I saw the movie Keddy, the cat movie. Seen it? You saw it? Yeah. What'd you think? Hot take. Don't like cats. <laughs> you know what? I don't like cats either. Thought the movie was fine, but I'll admit at like 78 minutes or however long it was, I was getting a little sleepy in the end. So Yeah. Um, uh, I saw Keddie at mm-hmm. the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Humble break. With Joanna. And then we went to have dinner at Building on Bond, which Double is a restaurant break. nearby. Yeah, we got some dinner yeah. um, on Bond Street and uh, Dean or Pacific or wherever mm-hmm. it is. And we were eating dinner, mm-hmm. and we realized there was a big party in the back. And a faint smell of burger in the air. Bur- building on Bond, good burger. Okay. I mean, you know, they have other things. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's not that good. 
Uh, we just haven't had a classic Brooklyn celeb. Put it that way. A real Brooklyn celeb. You live in Brooklyn long enough, you'll run into this guy, not Spike Lee. That would have been great. Uh, And then so I realized people are coming in and out of this giant uh, backspace that they have for like big parties. Yeah. A lot of kids, you know? Okay. A lot of kids. Uh, Much like one of my first burger report, in which Michael Shannon was seemingly babysitting a table full of kids. (laughs) Um, it was Michael Shannon's birthday party. And then the, this party departs, departs, as I'm eating dinner. And uh, this party was for the child of one Ethan Hawke. So that's my burger report. That's all I got. Older or younger child? Mm, I can't. I can't definitively say. I don't want this to end up on TMZ. Okay. His kids are with Uma Thurman, right? Correct. Yes. Anyway, it was, it, was, it was Ethan. Hey, look. Uh, fantastic. What kind of burger? Uh, they, you know, they've only got the one burger. It's a hamburger. Great. But made of beef, to be clear. Yeah, hamburger's are probably my favorite type of burger. I think there were, a, I mean, there were a lot of burgers going back there. That's I mean, amazing. You know, I think that's, the kids were. That's amazing. God, what a thrill. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Uh, all right. Here's some Twitter questions. Let's do these briefer. The burger report. Yeah. The bur- You don't have yeah. a, any burger reports? I, I don't. I Has Craft Services not done a burger uh, they haven't, and I keep on trying to, like, sometimes I'll show up on set, and I'll just, like, stand next to Jackie Earl Haley, and I'll be like, oh, my God, I got all these extra hamburgers. Do you want one? He's like, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> sure. All right, so here's some questions from Cy underscore Rye. Okay, these are quick takes, because Do we make Twitter, any money from take. the podcast? Absolutely not. We will, lose money. Yes. Will you end if Griff gets a role in the next Fast and the Furious? No. Absolutely not, because I've already gotten the role. I'm in Fast 9, and we'll keep doing the podcast. Uh, will Goss, the famed nice person on Twitter who is great, Love asks, uh, have either of you spent a significant portion of your life living abroad? I grew up in England. Really? Uh, yes. I never heard that before. Carlos Yu asks, mm-hmm. Will there, be, Carlos, yeah. will there be action figures of hashtag the two friends? Ooh, what an interesting question. Time for a merchandise spotlight. Okay. I have to be vague in this answer. Sure. Because ink is still drying. I can confirm. There will be Griffin Newman toys available late this summer for the 10th. Mm-hmm. I am going to be merchandise, baby. Very excited for you. But that's all you can say? Yeah, I don't think I can get into more details. It's it's all it's all been coming together, but I've been launching a big campaign, tweeting at a bunch of toy companies, harassing them, asking them to make toys of me, and then Amazon executive saw it and was like, "Oh, you didn't know that was happening?" And I was like, "What?" Aww. And then I had a conversation with him, and I believe there will be some stuff available pretty soon, and hopefully more to come. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll have you know some nuts. Stay tuned. Look at my uh, follow me on Instagram, and maybe I'll be able to post a picture when, when I got it. Well, yeah, well, All right, that's enough. Conrado Falco asks, and you talk about your favorites from 2007. I'm in a 10th anniversary mood lately. I can read you my list. Real yeah, fast. you have your 10th. Yeah, Zodiac number uh-huh. one. Yeah. There will be blood, sunshine, no country for old men. Ratatouille. Yeah. That's a bulletproof top five. Yeah. Any of those would be my favorite movie in a lot of years. Yeah. Whew. Knocked up. Assassination of Jesse James. Yeah. Eastern Promises. Uh-huh. Into the Wild. Uh-huh. Death Proof. Wow. Keep going. I'll keep going. Michael Clayton. This yeah. movie's just so good. Sweeney Todd. Juno. Yeah. We Own the Night. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Gone yeah. Baby Gone. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I can't remember if it was a boy or girl. Uh, the Bourne Ultimatum. Sure it is. Yeah. Atonement. We should. Tone. I Am Legend. Yes, he is. Southland Tales. They sure were. Away from her. Yeah, he got away from her. It was sad. I'm not there. He wasn't there. (laughs) 
Resident Evil Extinction? <laughs> They're all dead. What number was Resident <laughs> Evil Extinction? 23. Jeez. It's a good movie. Uh, I don't have a list written out. I know in 2007, No Country was my top. I think with time, uh, Zodiac and Ratatouille have both grown for me. One of those two would be my number one. Mm. They're both really, really close. Mm. Uh, Jesse James, I love. Michael Clayton, I love. Mm. Don't love that Eastern Promises? I do, but it'd be lower down. Were you more of a Western Promises guy? Yeah, probably. Uh, love Cronenberg, but it's it's not uh, one of my favorites. Should we watch it? Yeah, I probably should. Um, but I'd say Ratatouille or Zodiac are probably my two favorites. I think those are the two best movies in 10, well, 10 years. Uh, 2007, great year. Great, great year. Um, yep. okay. Love Knocked Up, love Super Bad. Uh, love the first Transformers movie, which now we're not going to talk about. Number 35 Because you guys list. made a poopy pants fit about it. In between Planet Terror and My Blueberry Nights. <laughs> I ranked yep. it above My Blueberry Nights. Yeah, I should probably go back and make an actual list. You know what yeah, you really I was thinking back on which was also really interesting? What? 2005. Uh, 2005. I think it was an interesting year. Let's see what I've got there. I'm just interested. Uh, my number one movie of 2005 is The New World. Mine was The New World as well. Uh, you got Caché. Sure. Hidden, also yeah. known as. 2046. Sure. History of Violence. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. History of Violence would have been my five. Also would have been my five. The Holy Girl, a movie I love. Don't know that one that well. Uh, The Martell movie. Munich. Uh, sure. Uh, Batman Began. I love Batman Begins. Would have probably been my number two. Uh, I also love... Broke Bark Martin. Yeah, I love a motion picture titled King Kong, directed nope. by Peter Jackson. I think that film's a masterpiece. Konstantin. Also love The Weatherman, nope. directed by Gore Verbinski, which would also be in my top five. Konstantin? Can you figure out what it is? Crunch Tintin? <laughs> Constantine. Oh, Constantine. Oh, yeah. War Worlds? Yeah. Good Night, Good Luck? Mm-hmm. Old Boy? Hitch. Bubble? Hitch. Three Burials of Milky Adas Estrada? That's a good movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> the puffy chair. Yeah, there are a lot of years we could talk about. Years are good. You know what else rules? Uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Love movies. Movies fucking rule. Next question. Uh, if you two were make, from Laugh Alone, if we were going to make a podcast about something that isn't movies, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, comedy. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I, don't know. I really don't know. We like movies. I'd probably make uh, a toys podcast that no one would listen to. Oh God, no, I would not be on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Conrad also asks, how do I feel about the end of Zodiac? I feel like it's not ambiguous enough. Uh, the ending of Zodiac is perfect. I it's agree. totally haunting because the whole idea is he thinks he got him, yeah. but he's not sure. And that's the whole fucking thing that's driving that movie. Well, it's my that fa- like splinter in your brain where you're like, I gotta figure this out. And my favorite line in the movie is when they're running through all the evidence and, and Ruffalo just goes all circumstantial. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's the fucking thing. Like, the thing I think is beautiful about that ending is it's like the most blue ballsy ending of all time because you have two characters, you know, one who you've seen at two and a half hours earlier in the movie played by a different actor and one who you're just meeting for the first time, like James LeGros entering the last 90 seconds of the film. And suddenly they're now posing the question the last two and a half hours have been fighting over and they're given a conclusive answer, but still it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's true. All right. It's unsolvable. Olivia Haydar. Haydar? Yeah. The uh, great asked, Olivia Haydar. Will you ever do a Richard Kelly miniseries? That's been floated a lot. Yeah. Uh, be fun. I've never seen Southland Tales, you know. That's nuts. That movie is That's extremely like the good and right? very yeah. worth watching. Yeah. I uh, just listened. He was on our friend Todd Vanderwerf's podcast, I Think You're Interesting, and he's a real sweet guy and a good interview and yeah. very upfront about like what he likes, what he doesn't like. He's I, only got three, right? Only got three. It's yeah, really I mean, weird. We float around sometimes, especially, you know, if 
filming schedules become more of a thing and this and that, you might see some more shorter miniseries so that we can bank one quickly and stack it up. You might see some of those shorter filmographies coming up. Whatever. Ben Rosen asks, can we hear Griffin's Ang Lee Hulk theory? I don't know what that means. We'll talk about Ang Lee someday. Yeah, it's a Sins of the Father movie. It's a movie about literally fighting your your dad. Can I say this? I mean, like, no spoilers. My hot take on Guardians of the Galaxy is that James Gunn found a way to make all the ideas in Ang Lee's Hulk accessible and enjoyable to an audience. The end of the movie is very similar to Hulk. Angelo Catrancis. Yes, you're right, actually. Nice space friends. Asks, Wells or Hitchcock? Why do I have to pick? Jeff Wells. Yeah, I choose Jeff Wells. That's right. Uh, S-R-O. Yeah. Uh, Nick Loriano asks for our favorite decades in terms of fashion, world leaders, and music. Not going to answer that question. Uh, I, like, I like the 70s. Sure. Great. Uh, Justin Falcone, whatever happened to the Kathleen, Catherine Bigelow series? I saw Strange Days years ago, and I'm still trying to unpack it. Stay tuned. Um, Andy Germuga asks, who do you think was the first blank check director? I don't know. I, you know, uh, Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> like, no, no, D. W. It's, it's D.W. It's 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 one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent. One hundred percent D.W. Griffith. Because Intolerance is it's like the craziest the first blank check, check movie, movie of all time. Yes, where he's essentially just being like, "I am not a racist," like right. you know, and makes another racist. No, movie. it's actually Edison, guys. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's the argument from the Lumieres. They do the train coming to the station. People were like, "Yeah, give me another one. <laughs> Show me two people kissing. Uh, <laughs> Show me a horse in water." Jake McKay asks... People leaving the factory. Jake McKay asks... Shoot an elephant. This is an important question. Did PlayStation ever reactivate Griffin's account? Great question. Yes, they did. It was a really long, protracted battle. They thankfully did. And it was one of those dumb things where they were like giving me so many answers as to why they wouldn't reactivate it. And then when they did reactivate it, they didn't tell me and I just found out because <laughs> I turned my PlayStation on and I had service again. God. We'll... I would have taken that all the way up to Sony, though. I guarantee you, if they okay. hadn't taken Great. care of it. But okay. yes, I have. Hey, hey, look, you know what? I'm playing PlayStation more these days. Fly Brewster Fly is my PlayStation handle if you want to add me as a friend on PSN. I will. What are you playing right now? Lego Worlds. Great. Uh, will Goss says, rank the Avatar sequels site on scene. Very easy. It's five, one, two, three, four. Agreed. Uh, Scoop Reinhardt asks, would you ever do a series on David O. Russell? <sighs> I mean, he's not a bad choice. It's Talk about a, a toxic male uh, director. He's one of those guys for me where I wouldn't want to do it yet because I think it's still very much an evolving narrative in a way where he's made such a weird transition, but I think we've seen the end of one period of David O. Russell, and I would want to see what the next one was before we tried to come in with our blazing hot takes. Mm-hmm. Julian Axelrod. No, I'm not answering this question. We already answered it. Um, which actor's got but, the most... But let's acknowledge the great Julian Axelrod. Sure. Which actor's gotten the most blank checks in their career? That's his second question. Tom Cruise. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stallone would maybe be my second choice. Stallone was really a blank check, ego-driven blank actor. blank checks. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel got a few uh, recently. Yeah. He's sort of in that Stallone mode right now. I'd love to do a Vin Diesel miniseries. I pitch you that, right? Mm-hmm. The Vin Diesel miniseries would be the three Riddicks, the three Triple X's... And the eight Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, it'd take a while. Yeah. And you'd need to do The Last Witch Hunter. You're not doing one without That'd The Last Witch Hunter. That'd be the bonus. Witch Hunter. That's such a blank check. The movie. only filmmaker to ever get a film greenlit based on his Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Hillbilly Eulogy. Rank Malik movies, please. It's actually tough. It's very tough. What's Here, your favorite Malik movie? Here's where I go off the dome, okay? But it could change minute Whatever. to minute. Much like the wind blowing through. Ah. <laughs> okay. The, off, the, off the dome, yeah. I would go... Days of Heaven, then The New World, mm-hmm. then Badlands. Yeah. Then I'd go Thin Red Line. Then I would go Knight of Cups. Then The New World. 
Uh, not the New World. I'm sorry, Knight of Cups, then Tree of Life. I meant. Hot take. Hot take. Then I would go uh, to The Wonder, and I have not seen Song to Song. Yeah, it's more of the same. Uh, I think I liked it less than Knight of Cups, more than To the Wonder. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my favorite Malcolm movie is for sure The Thin Red Line, then uh, The New World, then Badlands, then Days of Heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm not as into Days of Heaven as you are, I think. Love Days and, of Heaven. As some are. Yeah. Um, then The Tree of Life. I'm not missing any major ones here, right? No. Right. And then Knight of Cups. And to the wonder, song to song, to, to the wonders at the bottom. There, that's a movie. Yeah, and to just... be to be fair, because I know people are going to get angry about my uh, Tree of Life placement. I think all those films are great, other than To the Wonder. Um, if you could have any novel, Jason Pucky asks, if you could have any novel made into a movie starring Griff Lightning, what would it be? I don't know. This is kind of a trick answer because it's a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking recently, I I would kind of kill the play uh, Yorick and Why the Last Man. Yeah, you'd actually be good at that. Right? I had that realization. I could actually do that well. Yeah, you would do that well. That's um, a good answer. I mean, other dumb answers. I feel like 10 years ago I could have done Catcher in the Rye. Not that I necessarily love that book. Sure. Okay. Uh, what do you think of... Sa- oh, you know what? I love Franny and Zoe. I would I would actually kill to do like... Uh, it's I, not going to happen. I don't like Catcher in the Rye, but I like the, the Glass oh, Family. All right, all right, yeah. all right. All right, Joey Hamilton. But why Hamilton. The Last is my real answer. Joey Hamilton. I also love the Glass Family, and I'm excited because they're going to be releasing new Salinger books soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like uh, those mov- those books too. I just don't know if they're... Ever be, be made. Good movies. Um, Joey Hamilton asks, what do you think of the Steven Spielberg produced animated shows and video games, a.k.a. please talk about Animaniacs. Animaniacs is great. Yeah, I'm more of a Tiny Toons man myself, I'll be honest with Less you. Listen to Tiny Toons. Um, but the Spielberg animation wave, I mean, Freakazoid's inarguably the best of that wave. Uh, Max Scholl, my real friend Max Scholl, asks, uh, how about- They're great, a- they're great. My short answer is they're great. He did a good job. Good sure. cartoons, love them. Max Scholl asks, how about the Ben's Choice miniseries? Chevy Chase, Steve Martin movies, he's, he's pitching this. Look, if Christmas was every day, it wouldn't be Christmas. Totally agree. Ben's Choice this has is to be a, ben a treat question. at the Here's end of the Here's another Ben question. Amanda, Andrew- Dessert. Andrea Streeter asks, if producer Ben gave you guys nicknames, what would they be? Great oh, question. Wow. This is, okay. From uh, the great Andrea Streeter. All right, so uh, I would introduce uh, Griffin as uh, Mr. Tangent. Uh, you know, uh, cut that out. Uh, doctor, cut that out. What about me? And then, David, I would call you, uh, I would call you, uh, uh, let's see, Professor Frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Professor Profuddled, maybe? Yeah, at the yeah. at the moment that Ben the said keeper, Professor Frustrated, I just want to say, at the moment that, that Ben said Professor Frustrated, David was hand over his forehead, staring down at the table, sighing loudly. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. There's a lot more questions, and, and we really I would appreciate- call you the rap. I really appreciate I like you it. guys sending in all these questions. I'm going to start skipping um, some of them. Okay. Uh, Real never, lightning round. I've never seen Clue, Adam, but uh, we should watch it someday. He suggested that we do a miniseries where each episode's on one character. Yeah. Great idea. We will never, ever do. Zach Heitzel, any directors you'd love to cover, but they might be too obscure? Yes, hundreds. So many. Uh, Robin asks, what up-and-coming director would you give a blank check to? That's actually a decent question. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's basically what happens now. I don't know. Like, yeah, but I mean, what I would want is a true blank check. As excited as I am to see Bowden Fleck do Captain Marvel, I don't know. That's not a blank check. I, I want to see someone get a <sighs> Matrix-level blank check to make whatever the fuck they want. Look, the whole thing is we don't give the blank checks. The whole idea of a blank check is it's a poison chalice in a lot of ways, and sometimes, you know, you can trip over your own ambition. So I'm not sure I'd want to give it to, like, Barry Jenkins, you know, or whatever. Like, And I think it's true what's happening in TV right now, where sometimes, like, 
no restrictions on yeah. your creativity can be a bit of a problem. Like, sometimes it's good to have something to push against. Sure. But dumb answers off the top of the dome. Yeah, I want to see Barry Jenkins do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Jennifer Kent would probably be my number one blank check. Yeah, you keep talking about her. I love her. Uh, Sean Baker, although he works so well on the micro-budget level. I know. You know, James Gray is making a space movie next. Can't that wait to see whatever awesome. the fuck that's going to be. Uh, yeah, Joe Cornish, All already right. mentioned. Katie yeah. Rich says, Zemeckis or Bust? Not a question, Katie, uh, but we would like to do Robert Zemeckis. Bobby Z, love him, baby. Uh, Josh Spiegel says, will you be reporting, recording a live episode of the show as you walk around Pandora, the world of Avatar and Disney World? And if not, why not? 100% yes, it is happening. Okay. I uh, want to add an addendum to this, which sure. is I am happy to do that if every expense is covered for me. I'm not paying one cent to do that. Well, let's, uh, Amazon, uh, if you're listening, please tick up, pick up the tick for six more seasons and I will do that. Robert Hargreaves says, you still pro Smits? Yeah. What yes, the fuck are you talking absolutely. about? Absolutely. Obviously. Uh, Robin says, have you ever worried about the day our finest film critic starts his own podcast and starts producing yours? Ben? Every day I worry about that. Um, he doesn't need two fools like us. Ben, yeah, quickly. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, Thank great. God. Uh, uh, don't good. worry. Okay, Cody Winfrey says, would you ever consider doing a Coppola series? Would be interesting to hear talking about you know the, his, his 80s, which are crazy. Really Coppola insane. series would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's made a lot of movies. I'd almost rather just do Coppola in the 80s and the 70s ones that everyone but you know, the, knows as the Vaughn's The weird 2000s Coppola movies are interesting, too. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of stuff that's interesting about him. Uh, Sophia Coppola, we've discussed a lot, too. John? I, I don't get the Godfather movies. What's so good about them? Well, the the thing is that they're mobsters. That's yeah, true. no, I understand. It's like they Italian in people talking about their family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, John Shannon, favorite Disney animated feature in Pixar, no, not, uh, not included. Jungle Book, no question, hands down. That's your favorite? I love The Jungle Book. Interesting. No way uh, is it mine. Fantasia is definitely mine. But if you're excluding Fantasia because it is a, a plotless movie, yeah, then that's hard. I've always related to movies about aliens or robots because I feel like a different species than everyone else I speak to. Mm-hmm. And The Jungle Book is a movie about a lonely boy in the middle of the jungle talking to talking animals. And at the end, he finds a pretty girl and he realizes that that's what he wants. If you remove them, then it's probably Bambi. Um, either that or like The Little Mermaid and Aladdin and shit. But it's hard. It's a hard question. I but like, Fantasia's my answer. I like the 70s ones. I like the the Wolfgang Retherin movies. Uh, Robin Hood would probably be my number two behind uh, Jungle Book. Weird. We're very different on this. Yeah. Uh, Pat Reynolds, uh, will you tell us more about your favorite famous sandwich adventure? He's talking to me, Don Pepe. It's on <laughs> Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn between 39th and 40th Street. <laughs> I prefer, I can't even remember the number because there's like 40 sandwiches you can get there. But it's the one with like chorizo and head cheese and and like a chicken cutlet and mole and, uh, sorry, not guac and like a bean spread and stuff. It's so good. Don Pepe, it's the the best. You should go. Our famous sandwich critic, our finest sandwich critic, David Sims. Thank you so much. John Shannon, follow up. I think John Lasseter got a blank check similar to Spielberg Thoughts. I guess so. He was always in charge of his studio, though, so it's a little different. I would agree. Pixar gets weird just because the first three Pixar movies, in particular, are all hands on deck movies. Exactly. Where you like have, Lasseter's the director, but you everyone have Stanton was working on Stanton and Unkrich and Lasseter all having a lot of creative contribution. The I don't doctor. think the Pixar movies start getting really auteurist until Monsters Inc. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, what do you consider a Musker Clements miniseries? Now that's uh, Ron Clements and John Musker, right? You know who they are. Uh, yes. Who are the directors of, they directed Aladdin, mm-hmm. uh, I think they did Oliver and Company. Beauty and the Beast, I believe they did. No, no, sorry. Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure oh, Planet. Oh, they didn't do Beauty and the Beast. No. And then they did Moana? Princess and the Frog and Moana. Yeah. 
decent run. The problem with any of those is they're Disney movies. Uh, you know, every, Disney's no matter the who the director is, auteur. Disney is still yeah. the auteur. I think Pixar is when American studio animation started having real auteurs behind okay. them. And that's Stanton and that's Doctor. The Lasseter movies are a little hard to parse, even though I think there is a clear cinematic voice with Lasseter. Those first couple movies are much more collaborative and Cars 2 is a nightmare. Okay, shut up. Uh, Rye asks, do your, do your parents listen to your podcast? If so, what do they think of it? If not, why don't they appreciate our work? Great question. You go first, David. My mom attended our live episode. Had never seen a Star Wars movie before. That was how she saw Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, her first Star Wars movie was Revenge of the Sith when I was talking over it. Uh, and she's listened to, uh, she's told me she listened to the Blank Check Awards episode. She usually doesn't listen because she doesn't really usually know the, what the fuck we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I think she enjoys that it exists. Yeah. Uh, my dad never took it seriously. He doesn't understand what podcasts are. He was very impressed when we made that Time Magazine list. Mm, that's good. Of the 100 best podcasts, which is... 50. 50 best podcasts, that's my friend. That's insane. Yeah, I agree. Um, so he just started listening, which scares me a lot. Oh, shit. Are oh, you serious? Fuck. Yep. I Griffin, I, I never cut the back any episodes? of that out. Nope. Okay. Griffin, I've never cut any of that out. Ben, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I... No, the things where I told you to cut them out, though, no, you cut no, them he, out. He cut them out. It's fine. I, We're not no, gonna... no, no, I, ne- ben, I ben, never ben, ben, did. Ben, he doesn't listen. It's fine. Oh, it's okay. Fine. All right. Yeah. Uh, my dad started listening at Jupiter Ascending. Okay. Because that was the one, I guess, the Time Magazine spotlighted. And I, yeah, I think you're right. And I believe Jupiter Ascending, on Jupiter Ascending, we laugh at the idea that anyone might start listening on that episode. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, he's listened to that one. I don't know if he's listened to others, but he... He kept on saying, Griff, can you show me how to download the, that, your show on the iPod? Uh, and he, you were like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. And, and you gave him, like, the Brian Lehrer and show. And then he fucking figured out how to do it on his own. Nice job. He's listened to that one. I don't know if he's listened to others. He liked it a lot. He said you were a very, very good broadcaster. Oh, thank you. He was like, both of you are very good on mic. Uh, he recently followed me on Instagram and likes my posts all the time. The, a weird thing that happens is anytime I go on Instagram, every single person on my Instagram feed, their most recent like is my father. He follows everyone I'm friends with. It's strange. Uh, but it's great. Ben Claflin asks, rewatch Grindhouse for the first time in 10 years this week. Is Death Proof the best 2000s QT movie? Well, that, I mean, you love Death Proof a lot more than I do. I, but I would not agree. I mean, Inglorious Bastards is the best 2000s QT movie. I think Inglorious Bastards is his best film, period. So I that's my answer. Yeah. Um, but I like Death Proof. Uh, I would like to watch it again. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, what uh, M.H. Burson asked, what has more endings, Return of the King or the Average Difference of Blank Check? Five check. comedy points. Yeah, great, um, great, great, great joke. Tucker Gilmore says, can we do a Blank Check run on the MCU? God, I'd love to hear that. We talked about doing Phase Two at one point. It's a lot of movies. Phase, at this yeah, point. that's the thing. I think we tackle. And it's been done to death. We would tackle a phase. I think we worry about things that are too chewed over. I think Phase Two is the most interesting because it's the one where they kind of have the blank check kind of confidence of. Yeah, because we it's have got the audience. Iron Man here. Three and Thor: The Dark World and Guardians. The weird experimental movies. Yeah, okay. As experimental as those. Ones I agree. Get. Matthew J asks, but we probably, I mean, not. Probably wouldn't, but yeah. you might see one-offs of a couple of those sure. at some point. Who knows? Matthew J asks, what movie have you seen the most times? I mean, it has to be Toy Story. Yeah, you've probably seen that a million times. Yeah. I actually don't know what the answer is for me. It used to be Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, which I watched every day for like a month, uh, which is weird. What How American Summer is way up there for me, too. Eitan Benkuya asks, Eitan Benkuya, I'm not uh-huh. sure if I'm saying his name, uh, what's the definitive ranking of all Marvel Universe movies? That's too much to get into now. We don't have the time. What's your number one? What's your number one? Because more and more I feel like it's Iron Man 3, which I know is the hottest take I have. It's not 
wrong though. I mean, so the Iron Man three is my number one is the Avengers. On you see my I number one a while ago. You're right. I don't think I could make Iron Man three my number one just because it's sort of like a weird middle finger to a lot of Marvel stuff. That's the thing. I more and more as we go deeper and deeper into the universe, I, I respect Iron Man three being that individualistic and esoteric. I think my favorite is still the Avengers. Uh, Avengers I think, like the I mean the paradigm of what you want it to be. Agreed. And I just think that was a special moment where we weren't tired of these things and yeah. we weren't like sick of what they were doing. It's kind of transcendent, but those would be my top two. Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's the Benniest movie of all time. Uh, oh, has all Bulbasaur, who I love. But probably the best username on Great Twitter. Great username says, do you guys feel any Stockholm Syndrome love towards the Phantom Menace trilogy or do you just hate them even more now? This is the last question. Um absolutely love the Phantom Menace. Like, I just yeah. sort of feel fondness for it. I feel like, very protective of it. Agreed. And it feels very personal to me, weirdly, for this movie. That Whereas we... I get very pissy when people defend uh, the prequels in general, especially yeah. three. But Phantom Menace, I mean, I definitely have this weird affinity for it. And when I see those characters, you know, there's been a lot of Watto Twitter lately. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Well, Ali Akarian, or how do you say his uh, last name, actually? Do you know that guy? I don't know. Uh, Ali Arikan. Arikan. Sure. Uh, Turkish... Film Twitter guy who's very funny, and very great, loves okay. Watto. Maybe yeah. he's been he's been pushing out some Watto. Been a lot of Watto memes. Carter Nixon, I know, does some Watto stuff too. Um, yeah, I mean, I get like excited whenever I see people repping Watto. I I I have this weird affinity, especially for like our characters. You know, um, someone uh, uh, a friend of uh, uh, someone who works on the Tick said, "Oh my God." Griffin Newman's on your show. I listen to his podcast. Can you tell him that I love Gragra? And I bought a Gragra action figure just because Shit. of the show. And that kind of stuff gets me really excited because I do, I feel this kind of, those weird, like, latchkey characters that we became obsessed with in talking about those movies mean a lot to me, strangely. I know. I agree. And when other people get excited about them and I hear people go, like, now I love Gragra or Sepulba or Dexter Jetster or fucking whoever. Dexter Jetster's been really big online too. There've been a lot of Dexter Jetster memes. It's funny. He's funny. I, lo- yeah, I, I mean, I love it. That's I, the end of the question. Yeah, it's probably my favorite movie that I don't like. Yeah, probably true. All right, so we're done with the mailbag. What did we run there? Two hours, Ben? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking Christ. ridiculous. We said this one's gonna be an hour. I know. Like on the nugget. I know. Well, I hope you guys had fun. Well, you can edit if you want, Ben. I don't know. It's your call. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. think there might be some split it into five episodes tightening. for all I care. Yeah, look, all cut right. it out. Cut out the whole thing. We're ben. tired. Yeah, cut it out. Double it. Um, just fold it backwards and you know put it in a sandwich. Um, okay, so we've been we've been dancing around the subject, but we did a poll recently, and <laughs> look, all right. So here's how it's it not goes. democracy, here's but how it we went. just want to lick our finger, hold up to the wind, here's see which way things were. We blowing. were thinking about doing Michael Bay. Very seriously. Griffin really wanted to do a bad a director with some bad movies with a bad franchise, or at least a. How would you put it? I difficult like franchise. To a difficult franchise, someone it. who has a really complicated psychology behind their films. Yes. And I also liked that doing five Transformers movies would put us back in a Phantom Mass territory where we really dig into the strange, messy mythology of a right. franchise like that, which we haven't gotten to do in a while. Right. Here are a couple things I want to say about that. One, the psychology driving Michael Bay is that of like terminal male, like, you know, ego driven, like annoying film bro sure. douchebagginess. Counterpoint, he is kind of the purest artist working I, in cinema today, even if his psychology is that's so dirty. hyperbole, but... But do you know I what mean, I'm saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. Especially think, on that scale and budget. I think Michael Bay is very interesting. Two, nobody cares about the Transformers mythology. That's really my main point. Uh, but anyway, we were starting to notice... Grimlock, though. 
Mm-hmm. We were start, like Grimlock. the fact that in the, the uh, last night trailers, they're David's like, like holding my hand right now. They're you know they're like yeah. Optimus versus Bumblebee. Yeah. Like he must sacrifice him to like, and you're just like no one fucking cares. But like in Nobody. 2007, I was so on board it's because crazy. you like toys. Yeah, I do. That's but this true. isn't a toy podcast, my friend. Not yet. <laughs> anyway, toy we were, we we will do Michael Bay someday. We will do Michael Bay someday. But we so saw- get ready for that. But we did feel in the air a little trepidation. More than a little. <laughs> we put that poll out, interested just to see. I believe the four names were Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, who the fuck else was on it? Was Paul, Verhoeven, Bay, Paul Verhoeven, Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, Bigelow, and Christopher Nolan. What a surprise! The internet likes Christopher Nolan. Now you sound depressed about it. I I just felt like it was well we're in territory and a little bit. Obvious, but the more I don't we've been disagree. talking about it, yeah, it's gonna be. There fun. are interesting movies to talk about. We decide we're gonna do him next, and Dunkirk is coming out this summer, so I'll time out well. Please get more excited about it, Christopher Nolan. I love him. I mean, I think he's a great filmmaker. It's just ben, I wonder. Ben, ben Hosley sent us a text that really turned the whole thing around. That's all I want to say. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Get excited. Get ready for. I mean, Ben Hosley sent a text. Okay, that should be the first line of like any great novel. David's response was, Ben, this text has changed my life. Ben Ben came up with an angle for Christopher Nolan that I think is so good that I'm excited about doing it now. We'll be doing Christopher Nolan next. What's coming after that? Fucking let's plant the flag in the ground yeah. right now. Come in, We're going to do the top two winners of this poll next. Christopher Nolan followed directly by Catherine Bigelow. Easy. Those are our next two miniseries. So happy about it. We'll be doing Wonder Woman. That will come out the week before this, so you've already heard it. Yep. So it's a good thing I told you that it's coming up. It's going to be great. But next week, tune in for following. Following? Pod, 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 podcasting. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. Uh, no, next week we're going to do following. Yeah. The first Christopher Nolan movie. The first Christopher Nolan movie. The one hour and ten minute it's a short you little put picture. Put that in your pocket and smoke it. Uh, 1998, Neo Noir. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to, guys. We might have some insiders as guests. Oh, yeah, we might. We might. Let's see. Let's not do that thing I always do where I promise a guest and then... Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons we're going to do Christopher Nolan, guys. It's going it to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm really excited about it, despite how I sounded at first. Yeah. He just really wants to do Michael really Bay. He really wants to talk Bay. about toys. Merchandise spotlights alone would be no, no, no. Un- no, no, no. I agree with Ben. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. So that's what we're planning. Do you realize when I get my Griffin action figure, then I can like have Griffin hang out with like fucking Optimus Prime and Darth oh. Vader and all my friends. Mm-hmm. Nice space friends too. How old are you? Twenty-eight years old. <laughs> it's crazy that you exist, Griffin. Yeah, I'm a fucking walking paradox. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the mail. Let's never do this again. It was no, fun. Was fun. Yeah, we'll do Let's it again do in a year or two. Yeah, so write in emails and we'll get to it in a year from now. So try and keep your emails not topical. Yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, you know what we forgot to do, but I forgot to suggest that we do this? Well, we did do the Burger Report. We did do the Burger Report. We did the Merchandise Spotlight. We did everything. Great episode. Best podcast of all time. Of course. According to Time Magazine. Correct. Um, uh, we never We never ranked our Spielbergs. Ooh, but we can't rank old Spielberg. No, which just... makes it trickier. What would your top five? Let's just do top five. Thank you. Uh, do you want to go first, or should I go mm-hmm. first? I will I... Go. What? You go first? I'll go first. Okay. AI. Mine too. Bridge of Spies. 
The Adventures of Tintin. Mm. Oh, wait. No. Fuck me. Please. I'm sorry. My list would be AI, mm-hmm. then Catch Me If You Can, mm. then Bridge of Spies, mm. then The Adventures of Tintin, and then my number five choice would be... Munich, Lincoln, uh, Minority Report. I think it's Minority Report. Yeah, I think I'm AI number one, Minority Report number two. Uh, mm, mm. Bridge of Spies number three, Saving Private Ryan number four, Catch Me If You Can number five. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's my ranking. It's tough though because I really do like Munich. Mm-hmm. Munich though. Uh, Munich though, exactly. I really do like. Um, or the worlds, although that's more of a you know. I really like Tintin. I really Tintin. like Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, what about BFJ? You see, I haven't heard that in a while. You guys just heard him doing that a bunch. For us, it's been half a year. <laughs> Fucking hell. BFJ. And now he's got the post. We didn't even acknowledge this because it wasn't even news when we recorded I know, that. And thing. now it's fast tracked. It's and coming out this December. Like, oh, I guess I'll make this like Pentagon Papers movie with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Yeah. Look, anytime anyone has played Ben Bradley or Ben Bradley Jr. on film, it's been an Oscar play. A big Oscar player. I think it could be a big deal. I don't know. It'll probably, my guess is it's going to be a movie very much in the Bridge of Spies sort of, you know, hey, that's, mood. That's the patina I like from him right Where now. Where some people are probably going to be like, oh, it seems a little boring. Where yeah. it's like, no, no, no. And we got Ready Player One comes out like a year from now, right? No, Ready Player One comes out in March 2018. Not even a year now. Yeah. A little under. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's uh, he's, he's just actively in post on that one. Yeah, and then he's got the other one, the Pope one, which I guess got pushed back a little. Yeah, that that is now in you know that could end up in who knows territory. But is that, is that there the are a regular aged Pope movie? Not a young. No, pope. it's well, no, it's about a little Pope who then becomes a big Pope. Oh, it's it starts out as a boy, it's a baby Pope. What? Yes. No, no, it's about a famous case where a boy yes. had to be like taken away from the Vatican or something. Like Mark Rylance is playing the Pope. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. Great. Hey, everybody. Wrap it up. Next week following. Next week, Christopher Nolan. Jesus Christ. Yeah, geez. We're doing it. It's going to be fine. It's It's going to be be great. great. It's going to be Memento, fucking the Batman movies. People are going to love it. Inception. I like Christopher Nolan more than most people. But not only that, like, Jesus, all those movies, like, they're so crazy. I know, and our listenership is probably going to go through the roof. Memento episode, I'm going to cut it all up. It's going to be all over the place. You're going to have to piece it together. Yeah, we're going to get very conceptual with this miniseries. Just with Inception. We're not getting conceptual with every episode. Memento. Well, we are going to record Interstellar instead of a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Prestige is going to be co-hosted by my identical twin. Oh, God. You're going to bring your brother in? Yeah. What people forget is that Hugh Jackman also plays someone's double in that movie. Correct. Which is like the fucking great Hugh Jackman performance. What people forget is it's the best movie of all time because all movies should be about dueling magicians. <laughs> <laughs> Never has it been better put than that. All right. Um, hey, hey, some new things I'm, I'm going to institute on this episode. Ooh. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Yep. And want to thank, as always, starting today, yep. Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Yep. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for doing our artwork. Yep. Uh, Ange for fucking rocking our social media. Angela Fargudo. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's see your last name, right? Ben? Yeah. Angela Fargudo. Fargudo. Uh, thank you for killing it. And uh, kicks ass in our podcast. I mean, our Twitter feed every day. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you to all the blankies. Uh, and, and as always, very fun.
Newman. Action figures. Coming. This year. Motherfuckers! This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you.